Yeah, so here's the thing. We were thinking it's our 10th album, okay? We can't do the same old shit. We gotta break the fucking mold on this one. Yeah, Shell, this this record, it, it, it's it gotta fucking blow your fucking dick right into your fucking mouth. Blow your own dick into your mouth? Yeah, right back up into your mouth, man. Like right you're... back up into your mouth? Yeah. Like it's been there before? What kind of goal is that? I don't want that album unless it makes me a lot of money. A lot of money, blow all the dicks you want. You're listening to the Buzzkill Podcast. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. It is episode 271. Welcome back to the Buzzkill Podcast, where on today's show, we crack a cold one in honor of the late, great Taylor Hawkins by watching he and his band get killed one by one by Dave Grohl. Oh. Fitting. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, and Taylor made. Taylor made for all the, all the bad jokes, but they're all said in love. In love. In lots of love. In lots of love. R.I.P. Taylor. Um, Rest in peace. Man. Um, as we said two weeks ago, because it's been two weeks. Oh, wait. I'm Mike. Oh, I'm Jim. And as we said two weeks ago. Not that you um, people give a shit. Nah, we don't care. Uh, we uh, On our last episode, we got the news in the middle of recording that Taylor Hawkins had passed away. And being that the Foo Fighters horror movie just came out, we were going to do it anyway, but being that just came out, we're doing it this week. Yeah, it felt it's like our, a our loving dedication. Felt like a fitting tribute, a celebration of life. Yes, that's absolutely. why we're here. We're we're not here to be bummed out about anything. We're here to uh, to celebrate one of our favorite drummers and one of our favorite bands. Yeah, and uh, just have a good time. Crack a couple beers. Talk about some movies. Yeah, you know it's, it's times like these you learn to love again. So that's right? what we're doing. Yeah, we're learning to love again. Yeah, that's one absolutely. one by one minute at a time. Yep. Um, Everlong. <laughs> <laughs> Pretender. <laughs> oh, big me. All right. Uh, so, so what's been going on, man? It's been two weeks since we've been here. Oh, geez. Um, good, man. How you been? What have uh, you been up to? I've been up to some stuff. Uh, we were off last week. Right. Uh, the lady friend, the, uh, the, the, the lady partner Carlos, uh, had some... Carlos, this is getting worse. This is getting... On a, on a weekly basis, this is getting worse, the two of you. The female companion uh, <laughs> had some surgery last week, so I took the week off to tend to her. She's doing fantastic, by the way. Nobody Thanks cares. for asking. Nobody um, cares. If you're listening, she's. I know that she's going to be listening on the way to Nashville. Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> I care, damn it. I'm joking. Um, no, I will we were, apologize to you in person. We, we were uh, we were off in that though because I was taking care of her. She's doing fantastic. Good. But right on the heels of that, been dealing with a sick kitty all week. Oh no, nobody cares. <laughs> Seriously. You know what? Fuck that. I'm done. I'm done. Uh, dude, cats heal themselves. You don't even have to take them to the vet. Yeah, she was. They um, literally take care of themselves. Yeah. Well, when you wake up in the morning, though. To like, because if anybody knows cats, knows how fucking annoying they are in the mornings where they just prounce around your head, yeah, meowing. Like, fucking get up, yeah, feed me. Yeah, cats suck. She didn't do that. 
the one cat that oh. does it every morning, she didn't do that. We both woke up and we looked at it like, that's weird. Where Where's Frankie at? This is like, Frank, the black one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, where's, that's weird that she didn't come in here. Mm-hmm. I'm looking over. I see Amelia, the other one. She's in her normal spot by the vent keeping warm because our fucking house can't retain heat. <laughs> um, And so we go into the living room and there's just fucking puke everywhere mm. and like then she's continuing to puke and then she's like lethargic all day and like this isn't fucking good no that sucks so we ended up taking her in or whatever she had like a low white blood cell count and like her liver wasn't functioning properly or something so i don't know still all right uh, though she uh, yeah she was real bad the one night like i i, I literally i know this sounds fucking dumb oh god it's just a cat yeah i literally almost slept in the living room to keep an eye on her oh uh, well, because like i was dude, like, so worried about her all night you know? i can understand that i i it's your babies you know? i slept with uh i slept downstairs in the living room with my dog the night before i took her mm-hmm. in to you know get her euthanized and uh is 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 saying Getting put to sleep, is that still, like, do, is sure. that, yeah, sure. can you say that, or is that insensitive? I don't know. I, before, the night before I took her in to get her put to sleep, I um, I slept with her. <clears throat> I slept in a very uncomfortable position with my body half hanging off of an ottoman so that I could, like... Like in the back of a Volkswagen? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was, it's because it was my little baby, you know? Um. So I understand that. I totally understand that. Pets bring weird things out of you. Pets you think do. you don't care about yeah. them because they're just shits all Except the time. Except cats. Cats suck, dude. But then they get sick and you're like, oh, God. Yeah, but I will I will, but, I will, shame you for doing no, it with she cats. Was, she was fine, though. She, went, she ended up putting on some antibiotics. Trying to give a cat antibiotics, by the way, is the fucking worst thing. Especially a cat that doesn't like to be handled to begin with. Yeah. It's impossible. Totally. And no one told us to expect when you... When you inject the uh the syringe full of shit into its mouth you know uh-huh. that cats foam at the mouth oh neat like naturally Very to get cool. rid of we thought we were killing her like <laughs> she's having an allergic reaction oh my god like but anyway though so that was that um, i don't mean to laugh but come on oh no it's kind ridiculous. of funny <laughs> no it's ridiculous um uh it would tell me about your um it's been two weeks and i'm guessing you forgot about this already you you went into the sensory deprivation chamber oh god thanks yeah I would like to hear about that. That was amazing. I I've told heard you a little, little bit. I've heard a little bit about it. I didn't really get the full. So I've wanted to do a sensory deprivation tank ever since. I know he's not popular right now, but ever since I heard Joe Rogan talk about it for the first time, because he was like the first person I feel like that talked about it in like a public form. Sure. I'm sure people have been doing this for years, but like I never heard of it before. I'm assuming he did it the right way, though. Which With is... DMT and yeah. all that. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> levels above me. Yeah. I, I, I aspire to be there one day. <laughs> Um, I might have had my own little uh, DMT trip though. Yeah. If, if if you believe that kind of mojo, um, I tell you what, dude, I'm not one to to be like all weird out. Like I fucking meditated and went to a different plane of existence, right? Well, I'm a, I believe in that. St- oh, I mean, like they, I believe that you can, but I'm not gonna sit here and be all like hippy dippy on you about the, it. The, when it comes to st- when it comes to stuff like the human mind, the human brain, it's a fucking it's a it's, it's a, a stellar piece of machinery, James. It's an adventure land. Oh, it is. <laughs> like the brain can do a lot of wacky shit just on its own without any drugs or anything. Yeah. It's once you start getting into all the other shit that I'm that, like, that's oh, what makes, okay. That's what makes it fun. Though. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Just if your kid, if your kids, uh, if your kid has RSV, just put elderberry uh, juice on their foot and they'll fucking they'll get better. Okay. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Whatever you say. Um. I found this really old guy named Barry. He's an elder. I just put him on my kid's foot. Does that work? 
hey, what am I doing here? Yeah. I'm, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm here to take care I of like your kid. The, I like the feeling of his toes on my bum. See, you and I went different, different <laughs> directions with Barry. I'm picturing Barry as a fucking creeper. Yeah, I'm here to take care of your kid. <laughs> Smoking Marlboro. He's got a fifth of whiskey. <laughs> where's Where's that kid's foot? Jesus. <laughs> Just listening to fucking Lost Prophets on who the, the land. Fu- who are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm the elder, Barry. <laughs> anyway. This is um, not what I expected. No. Um, what were the fuck were we talking about? Uh, so, sensory depth, yeah. yeah. So, like, the way this is now, like, I didn't, I never knew that a float spa was just the fancy way of, like, getting this to the masses now. The fuck did you think I it did, was? I just thought that it was, like, a, a pool you floated in. Like, I didn't realize <laughs> that. I, I didn't realize That's that. That's called a pool. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize, though, that it was, like, a full-on, like, light sound everything. Like, I didn't realize mm. that. I, I thought it was just, like, a relaxed like zero gravity floating kind of thing. Right on, right. Like a saltwater pool. Yeah, basically. yeah. I just yeah. didn't think that they did. They went the full nine yards Kay. or the whole 10 yards. Yeah. What, is it the nine yards or 10 nine, yards? Nine. 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 Well, I didn't know you're they th- went. You're thinking of the sequel to the <laughs> shit, to the shitty Bruce Willis movie, A Whole Nine Yards? I am. You're right. Uh, I didn't know what this whole thing entailed, though, right? <clears throat> I thought that it was just like a relaxing thing. Yeah. Uh, it's it's fancy now. It's for all you know the the, the fancy dancy people, but it's like this big egg shaped thing where you go in. In the room that you're in, there's a shower in there because you have to like shower down, get clean before you go mm, in. Yeah, and uh, it's like nice. this big egg shaped pod that you go in with like a trunk that you shut if you want to have the full on experience. I dove in to everything. A lot. I turned... of, there's a lot of hand talking going on in this room. <laughs> by the way, people can't see it, but Mike is really into telling me about this. <laughs> I'm I'm into it, man. Um, no, but like light like there, there's no light whatsoever the, the lights in the room automatically turn off after five minutes <clears throat> with no motion sure so when you're in the, the the tub no one can see you yeah yeah so the lights are off outside the lights are off inside the tub and so there's no ring around the door or anything like that right there's just no nothing coming in yeah, yeah i was putting my hands in front of my face there ain't nothing um i turned off the lights inside i turned off the music inside mm-hmm. you just float there once the waves kind of settle down it's literally like anti-grav. Yeah. Like you feel like you're floating in midair. And I tell you what, man, like I said, I'm not one to buy into a lot of this like new age hippie stuff, but I'd say the hippie I, hippie stuff is more old age. Well, you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I had an experience, dude. Like I legitimately had an experience. The best way that I can describe it, I was in there for an hour. And the best way that I can describe it is I saw lights flickering and dancing around my field of vision like you were watching the northern lights yeah and at other point in time there was like it was like i was traveling through like a tube like going like like the way that you like picture like hyperspace or something like that or hyperspeed and outer space right like you're traveling forward and stuff is passing you by time i'm not kidding you literally sort of like just kind of melts away like you don't realize how long you're actually in there Uh uh-huh and it's just absolutely bizarre. Did it feel like you were in there for longer or for or did it feel like it went by really fast? It felt like I it, <clears throat> a little bit of both. Like it's kind of weird. Towards the end of the session I realized I had been there for a long time. So it's kind of like the last like 5 to 10 minutes it's like I was kind of waiting for it to be over cuz you realize you've been in there for a while. Yeah. But while it's happening, you don't really realize it. Right. Um I guess a lot of people close their eyes. Mm-hmm. I was afraid the two two reasons that I didn't. I kept my eyes open the entire time in pitch blackness. Uh, I thought I would fall asleep first off. 
So I didn't want to close my eyes because being that I'm not like a meditating kind of person, yeah. I'm like, if I close my eyes, I'm just gonna get bored. And I'm just gonna asleep. fall asleep. Right. Yeah, I didn't want to do that. So, and then also the way that your head's positioned because you're just floating in the water, it took more effort for me to close my eyes than to keep them open. So I just left them open. And because you can't see anything, it's just like just weird shit happens to you. Like, have you ever been in like a really dark room where you might see like light spots or whatever, but the second you move your eyes, it goes away? Yeah, it's like the cones and rods like yeah. firing off, like trying to f- seek out light or something. I don't yeah. know. I have no idea. I don't this know. This wasn't eyes that. Work. This wasn't that because <clears throat> I was moving my eyes around, following the lights and following like these weird, like mm-hmm. northern lights type swirls and like. It was bizarre. It was, it was in my headspace. Like I was just like straight up hallucinating. Huh. And it was absolutely bizarre. Yeah. And it happened three different times over the course of the hour that I was in there. Mm-hmm. Like it would go away. And then it was like you're sitting there waiting for it to come back. It's like this high. Mm-hmm. Like you want that feeling to come Ooh, back. you're chasing the dragon now. Sort of, yeah. It's <laughs> fucking weird, dude. And like we got out and there's like a staging room you can go into afterwards. And uh, Kristen was in the pod next to me in the other room and she comes out or whatever. And she's like, how was it? I'm like, I just had a fucking experience. Like, I cannot, I honestly, I can't describe. I was like a little shaken by it. Like, I can't describe to you what just happened to mm-hmm. me. And she's like, oh, really? She's like, I didn't expect that. She's like, I, she's like, I didn't experience that. I would have expected her to, cause she, you know, she does yoga and all that. She can meditate and <laughs> Whatever, but like I've, I can't just because she does yoga, she's gonna. Have well, no, 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 no. My point is, like, she knows how to like calm her mind sure. like that. Yeah, I've never been able to do that. Like, yeah, I didn't think about anything in that thing. It was the most relaxing. Like everything shut up in my brain for the first time ever experience of my life. Mm-hmm. Craziness, though. Mm. I recommend everybody try it. Yeah, it's, that's cool. It's, I'd like to try it sometime. It's pretty fascinating, but nobody fucking cares about my. <laughs> my experience here that's right yeah between yeah. between your cat and your experience we've what are we half hour in here <laughs> something like that <laughs> sorry that's all right but uh anyway yeah that's been my uh my two weeks cool man yeah cool. how about you very cool what did i what have i done oh i went to see uh i went to see jack white last night oh that was cool yeah uh he got he got it, Yesterday was a very big day for Jack White. Like, imagine all of these things happening in one day in your life. Sure. This was Jack White's day yesterday. He His album dropped, his new album, pressed on vinyl in his own vinyl factory. Is that the first time that he's done that? <clears throat> no. Well, no. I oh. mean, he... But, sure. I mean, you know, album drops yesterday. It's pressed in his own factory at Third Man Records. <clears throat> Did the national anthem... At the Detroit Tigers home opener, mm-hmm. that's a big deal. It's the first day, first day, uh, day of his tour, his kickoff for his new tour. <clears throat> and then, as he's on stage, he uh, he calls up the guitar player from the guitar player singer from uh, the second band that played, and they're. Uh, He's like, he's like, this complete is complete strangers, right? <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> he's like, this is Olivia Jean. She's gonna come up and uh, play guitar for the for the last song, and so they're playing, and they go into Hotel Yorba, which is one of Jack's like old 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 songs. And uh, um, as they're playing, as they're playing, like they get to right before the la- uh, the third verse, and he puts his guitar down and. Uh, he basically tells her to keep going. You can see him just kind of go like this. And he's running side to side on the stage, like yelling at people on the side of the stage. And me and Aaron looked at each other. We're like, oh, somebody's getting fired tonight. Like he looked like he was pissed. Like he was yelling at people. 
And then he disappears off stage for a second. She just kind of looks like, what the hell am I doing here? They're just playing through the chords and stuff. So he comes out, he stops the music, and he says, I don't know if anybody knows, if, if you all know this, but this is actually, this is my girlfriend, Olivia Jean. And uh, and he says, uh, Olivia Jean, I got a, I got a question for you. And he, sa- and he pulls out the ring and says, will you marry me? And so they get engaged on stage in front of this crowd of 4,000 people. She says yes. They dis- they, that's that's they, mighty white of him. <laughs> she, <laughs> she says yes. They uh, they finish the song, which the third verse of Hotel Yorba starts with the lyrics, let's get married. Sure. So when they bust back into the song, the first lyrics he says is, let's get married. And she's crying and playing the guitar at the same time. And then they all disappear off stage, and then they come back out for the uh, um, for the encore. And he brings his mom out. She's just a little tiny 92-year-old woman, just probably like four feet tall. And Olivia Jean's out there, and uh, and his bass player, her bass player, and he brings out this other guy's all dressed in black, ends up being a pastor. And he says, this has been such a beautiful day. Like, so much has happened. We're just going to get married on stage right here. So he ends up getting married in front of the crowd. The thing is... So you were at Jack White's wedding. I was a guest at Jack White's wedding, which Damn, is pretty dude. dope. Um, there's no cell phones at Jack White's shows. Like, when you walk through the door, you have to put your cell phone in this little pouch, and then the pouch seals up with a really strong magnet, Mm -hmm. and you can't get it on, so, like, nobody can take footage. So you still have it with you, though? You have your phone with you. You just can't get to it. And so when you're leaving, they unlock it somehow? Yeah, you just, as you're walking out the door, you just touch the magnet to a little... Another little magnet and it Weird. opens I've up. I've never heard then, of that before. Yeah, like he, it, it was actually really cool. Like I, I looked out over the crowd and I'm, I turned to Aaron. I was like, "This is kind of awesome." You look out over this crowd of four thousand people and you don't see a single person with their fucking phone up in front of their face. Sure. Like, and nobody experiences concerts like that anymore. You go to any other show, and if, like there are some people who will literally stand there for the entire show with their phone. Oh up. yeah, it's like, what oh, are yeah. you doing? Like you're. You're missing the entire show. Have you ever once gone back and rewatched no. part of a show that Never. you've recorded? Never. Never. Nope. And that's why I stopped doing it. Like I used to pull my phone out and I would take like a minute long video and then I'm like, why am I doing this? I'm never yep. gonna watch this again. Yep. You know? And that but we noticed there was one person who managed to get their phone out of their out of their uh their case. Their case and was filming during this whole thing. That guy's gonna make bank selling that shit. Well, TMZ <laughs> had the footage this morning. But I think oh, really? it was from the I think there was somebody else on the other side of the like on the other side of the crowd who also got their phone out. Gotcha. But we're like, how much did that person get for throwing that footage over to TMZ real quick? You that know? should have been you, dude. Well, I don't want to be an asshole and although those magnets I, those I magnets will... that I showed you earlier, those neo neodymium magnets that I use for yeah. uh money money clips and stuff those would have opened that pouch like if i would have taken one of those with me i could have opened the pouch if i wanted Done. to they see that's the thing james if it makes you that much money be the asshole <laughs> i don't want to be the asshole <laughs> <laughs> always be the asshole what a, uh but yeah other than that my my folks came over today was, don't care yeah why well, I, I, I didn't care about your sick cat either, motherfucker. All right. So anyway, yeah, that's uh, that's anyway, pretty much all I've had going on. Music into a music segue. Music into a music segue. Yeah. What? Yes. M- music into music. The show is about music. Yes, exactly. About one of the the greatest living bands on the face of the earth. Yeah. Which there's a lot of people who disagree with that. Uh, uh, those people are wrong. 
Like jo- a, Josh probably disagrees with that. Oh, that son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah. What does, he, what does he listen to? Like fucking... Because the Foo Fighters records don't sound like they were recorded under 17 feet of concrete with shit microphones. That's why Josh doesn't like them. Yeah. <laughs> Fight us, bitch. <laughs> um, but no, the, the, the Foo Fighters are one of the greatest rock bands, legendary rock bands that are still playing. Yeah. They just are. Yeah. Like, there's... Yeah. Is the are there any other bands on their level? I don't think so. I, I honestly don't think so. No, no. But Aerosmith, maybe. Like, oh well, but, I mean, older, what, older, older bands, older like bands from that. That's era, what I'm saying. Yeah. Older bands, yeah. But like current generation bands, no. There's nothing like no, them. There's nobody like them. I don't it's think. it's incredible. They're the like they were. Uh, Dave Grohl had mentioned that um, they were supposed to play the Grammys one year, and they uh, I think it was one of the documentaries they put out. And he says, like, we're the only rock band on the bill. Did they just think that we're the only rock band that still plays, or do they actually <laughs> want us here? And he brought up a good point, though, because there's no other rock bands big enough. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. A lot of rock bands well, play the I Grammys, watched, but, like, uh, I didn't, get what I'm saying, though? I wasn't paying too much attention, but I did. I had the Grammys on in the background while I was just, like, up doing other stuff the other night. They were supposed to play this year. Well, I know that they were supposed to play, and it was, what, like, three days? Yep. Three days before that, Taylor had passed away, so they obviously canceled, but I don't think another rock band played. No. They never, no, there no was some other country rock bands acts, ever there do. Was a, no, I don't think so. No rock, I, no rock bands ever do. I could be wrong about that, but I don't like, think any other rock bands played. What, do you know what records were up for, like, rock record of the year? No. I, but I, we'll look into it. We're going to look into it because I'm curious. Before this next segment. But what does that tell you, though, that none of the bands were even nominated, played, and the Foo Fighters were supposed to play? Well, shit, look, what was the... I remember a couple years ago, and it was, like, Best Metal Album, and there was, like, some fucking... Who was it? Like, Bjork or something was up for... It's something ridiculous. It's like, like, uh, like the original Grammy for uh, Metal went to Jethro Tull. What? And not Metallica. Yeah. <laughs> how history repeats itself yeah absolutely it's um, yeah and that's that's a testament to why uh award shows are just absolute bullshit oh yep. speaking of which in the last two weeks will smith completely destroyed his career oh yeah <laughs> and, was, and got banned from the uh got, got banned from the grammys or from the oscars for 10 years he and, won't be banned for 10 years uh it'll be like three or four tops and then he'll get reinstated because he'll do some great humanitarian oh, yeah. thing and yeah i'm sure whatever. but you know what though even still, it sets precedence, and I'm happy they did it. Oh, well, yeah. it's The precedent should have been set anyway. Like, hey, don't assault somebody on stage for telling a joke. I think that even though Chris Rock didn't press charges, mm-hmm. I feel like the Academy could have, being mm-hmm. that it was at their event. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like if you're going to if you're gonna run an award ceremony or in this, this thing that's as big as it is, and someone does that, you set precedence and nip that shit in the bud right away. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and I'm happy that they banned him for ten years. Like, I expected three to five. Tops listen, is what I, I expected. I didn't expect ten. I was kind of fucking flabbergasted when I saw that. But listen, he gets he gets what he gets because he made the decision to walk up there and and assault somebody for telling a joke. But uh, uh, man, he is if. <laughs> That's a don't to- get into it. That's a to- that is a toxic relationship. She, she's she's bad news, dude. She, I, don't, she, I don't know much about what you're talking listen, about. Listen, the, the, she emasculated him on on TV at her stupid red table thing, talking about talking about how she was banging a 23 year old. 
<laughs> like and 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 it's yeah, just they have a very they have a very they have an interesting relationship. I think that he's I think I, that he's in an in an attempt to stay with her, he has a has been convinced to agree to this idea that they have an open relationship. They've had that for a long time though. This is not new. That's not new. They've they've been and have talked about the fact that they have an open relationship for years. I don't I yeah, really? yeah. I've right. known about it for a long time. Okay. Yeah, this isn't new. I don't know. Um, and I'm fairly certain that he here's the thing. I don't she's to my knowledge, she's the only one that's been vocal about taking advantage of the open relationship. I don't know that he does. Yeah. So I don't know. It's not for me to comment on their relationship, but Oh, I'll comment on it because I don't I, give a shit. I don't give a shit either. <laughs> like, I, like I, I just, I don't know. I like to know what I'm talking about first, I guess. I, I just, I, I talk about what I see, and what I see is it, it, it that doesn't look like a happy marriage to me. I no, know. I agree. Uh, I don't know. I, it's agree. weird. And also, and also, you know, don't go out and bang people who are half your age <laughs> when you're married. <laughs> Fair, but that's just my style. I Fair don't know. Point. Anyway, uh, speaking of horrible blunders, let's get into some corrections from last week. <laughs> stupid! You're so stupid! Um, I don't know about you. Hmm. I only have one correction. Okay. That's it. I don't uh, think I have any. And that's because you tried to correct me on the air, but you were wrong. I was right. We did do the Conjuring movies for the first two episodes out of order. We did the Conjuring one and the Conjuring two as one episode. We did, and the and then we did Annabelle and then Annabelle uh, uh, Creation the second episode. Why when in we, reality, why would, why would we do that? Conjuring one came out in 2013. Annabelle came out in 2014. Conjuring two came out in 2016, and Annabelle Creation came out in 2017. Why would we do that? I don't know. I don't think we realized that. I think we thought we were right, but we just weren't. That's weird. Or we did, or you know what? Maybe what it was is that we started with just the Conjuring movies and then realized and then that we should do to, the entire, yeah. that might have been it, but even maybe. still, we did them out of order. So. Huh. Well, that's dumb. Sorry, that's guys. That's dumb of us. But uh, that's actually the only thing that I found. Okay. Yeah. So, I don't uh, think I heard anything. You didn't listen to it. I did. <laughs> I listened to most of it. Yeah, fair. All right, James. What you, are we usually usually there's no corrections to be found in the, like, the tofu section. No. So... No, because we're so good. Yes, that constantly that good. So uh, this week, hold on, hold on. I can't get this cooler open because my arms are weak. I stopped going to the gym like two weeks ago. Oh, you haven't gone either. Well, no. <laughs> okay, good. I thought I was the only one. I've just one. been I've been busy. That's preparing. For we'll pick our, it up. We'll pick it up after uh, preparing Nashville. for our trip. So oh, yeah, we're going to Nashville next week. Oh, we're going to Nashville in two days. Back to this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So to go along with the movie Studio Six Six Six, featuring the Fighters of Foo, uh, we went with Hoof-Hearted Hoof, Hoof Hoof Hoof-Hearted. How do you say that? Hoof Hoof Hoof-Hearted, Hoof-Hearted Brewing. I mean, I mean, if you're a stupid person, you say Hoof. hoof. <laughs> it's a Hoof-Hearted Brewing, um, south of Eleven Six Six Six. I mean, that kind of. Speaks for itself. Right. This is a triple India pale ale, 6.66 pounds of dry hops per barrel. Uh, it's a 10.2 percenter, so it's probably good that you only got one can. Um, Very difficult to find a beer for this week. Like, they had some stuff that was like demon stuff or whatever, but it wasn't like, it, hadn't, it just didn't really kind of fit the vibe, you know? Sure. Um, 
I tried to find like some drummer beers. There was no drummer beers. And I saw this. It was the only can on the shelf. Speaking of fitting the vibe, check out the vibe on the front of this can. I know, right? (laughs) It is uh, um, Baphomet popping a wheelie on a BMX bike, holding a pair of rollerblades with a stripy pair of purple pants on. And it, and it what appears to be Oakley razors inside of a pentagram. Yeah. Everything that I just described to you is actually on this case. It's like the satanic version <laughs> of like a Rick and Morty drawing. It really is. <laughs> so uh, crack that baby open. Crack it. Cracked it. And uh, <clears throat> we got to share this. So hold on. Hey, give me half here. Oh, that is. Uh, is it thick? That is. Oh, that is thick. Oh, it's a thick boy. Here, hand me your, hand me, hand me your glass. I'm going to make sure that we're. We're getting evens. Yeah, I wanted even to get Stevens. I wanted to get something that fit the uh, thing, and you know, demons, the devil makes makes sense. Six six six. I thought it was good. Yeah, those things all go together. The other one that I found was like dank demon or something like Ooh, that. I'm dank like, demon. I'm like, there's nothing dank about this movie. You I don't know? know. I thought it was pretty dank. Not to mention, here's the thing: <laughs> dank reminds me of like drugs, like marijuana and whatnot, and. Just given well, given the topic of the day, just I, I marijuana. felt, well, oh, but I felt well, yeah. like that really didn't, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. Didn't want to go there. That's fair. So that's very. That's fair. why I went with this one. All right, let's try this out. This is uh, Hoof Hearted Brewing. Hoof Hearted. Uh, Cheers, sir. South of eleven six six six. Let's try this. Oh my. Ooh. She's strong. Oh boy. Ooh. <laughs> that makes you pucker, and not because it's sour. It's just because that is hoppy. This is very hot. Yeah. It's not that the hoppy. It's not, is... it's not even like crazy bitey with the hops. No, it's what, like it, you know what it is? It's the alcohol taste. Mm-hmm. There's a very strong, very strong. alcohol taste to this. <gasps> kind of like when you're drinking cheap vodka. Like that's the kind of like But I wouldn't say that this pull... is bad. No, it's good. Know, it's... it's delicious. But yeah. it's that same pullback you get when you're drinking like a cheap booze yeah somehow, you know yeah hmm. yeah it's, like, it's, not, it's not bad though it's like you feel you feel the taste on the underside of your tongue does you that do, make sense yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah oh and it it's sticks really, around for a long really, time too it's really weird it's making my mouth water this puts hair on your chest and hair on your balls that's what this does yeah yeah which i don't need anymore it's already like wolverine Snakey, snakey, snakey. What? Wolverine doing his berserker attack. Snakey, snakey, snakey. Holy, Holy crap. shit. Man, this movie holds up. <laughs> I forgot there was a shower scene, and uh, I know what you did last night. We're summer. watching, yeah. Yeah. It's a classic. I, I joke. I, mean, don't get me I wrong. joke because that's Jennifer Love Hewitt in a towel, and it's, it, yeah. and it's, 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 it's a good thing to see. <laughs> but uh, this movie actually does hold up. It's okay. It's not okay, Mike. It's good. No, we this did it. Is, like, we did this, we as did this far in our as like as far as like '90s ensemble horror goes, this is probably pretty close to the top of my list. That and Scream, right below Scream, yeah. probably. Yeah, I agree. Maybe even tied with Scream. I agree. To be completely honest with you. So anyway, uh, that's what we're drinking. <laughs> we're not talking about that. <laughs> We are that's right now. what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> that's what we're talking about. Let's get into the bleed feed. The bleed feed. Well, I forgot that was the end of the movie. <laughs> Shit. All right, James. Yes, Michael. Uh, to my surprise, in the last two weeks, I don't believe there were any... Well, there was one death. 
Rest in peace, Taylor Hawkins. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about it last week, though. Sort of uh, gave him our. I think we we kind of sort of eulogized him a little bit, actually, in last week's episode. Yeah. Uh, outside we, of we did as you googly. Outside of the man of the hour, though, for this episode, I don't believe there's any more deaths. I will bring up Estelle Harris. It's not really uh, horror related, but just because I'm such a huge Seinfeld um, Seinfeld fan. Mm. She mm. uh she was George Costanza's mother, mother. Yep. on uh on on uh Seinfeld and I, she was so funny, dude. Like very very funny. So I'm going to bring her up and never just, never watched it. You never watched you've never watched an episode of Seinfeld? Nope. You've never watched an a single episode of Seinfeld? Not even the Bubble Boy one. Which is my favorite episode of Seinfeld. <laughs> okay. You're just you're being a prick. I uh, see. very few though. Honestly, God, very few full episodes. I've seen Seinfeld a bunch. Dude, just but watch to, it. like watch it from like start to finish an episode, very few. Oh, it's still yeah. still quite possibly the greatest the show best ever. TV show ever. Yeah. I would put it in my top five, not even watching it. Would you really? I would. Wow. That's I high would. Pra- that's that's high praise. I would. <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, like I said, though, no, uh, no other deaths, though, to really speak of. So okay, that's, well, that's, that's good awesome. to hear. Good to hear. So getting into the news here. Yeah, let's um, hear it. We talked a couple of weeks ago about uh, Pennywise, the uh-huh. story of It, the uh-huh. documentary about all things It, uh-huh. which is pretty uh, awesome. Uh, that's coming out uh, this summer. However, if you uh, are uh, going to attend Panic Fest this year, I think they're doing an online version of it. I don't know that for sure. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this isn't news. Who knows? (laughs) Uh, That's running April 28th to May 8th, and it's going to be premiering at Panic Fest. Okay. Uh, To pair that up, though, with more It news, uh, Welcome to Dairy is going to be a prequel series reportedly in development at HBO Max. Really? Yeah. That interests me. So we're getting more It TV show. That definitely Which is me. very, very, very exciting. Um, yeah, after the two movies collected over a billion dollars at the box office. Wow. I suppose that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's exciting. That's going to be coming pretty soon here. Uh, the series is likely to explore the origin of Pennywise the Clown, as well as the dawn of the 27-year-old curse that haunts the small main town. I mean, he's timeless, so it's sure. you can't really explore the origins, but whatever. Uh, and a little Unless bit more to go all the way back to when the turtle vomited out the gal- out the galaxies and the universes. Well, <laughs> I mean, who knows? Uh, for variety added to uh, the article that I'm reading here, it says the series will begin in the 1960s in the time leading up to the events of It Part 1. Uh, the, the 2017 film based on the Stephen King novel. Uh, the story is also said to include the origin story of Pennywise the Clown. So my guess, it's going to go back and forth. Yeah. So it'll start in the 60s, but then it'll go even further back to cool. the, you know, the amusement park and the carnival and all that stuff. Right on. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty fucking excited about it. Uh, Andy uh, Muschietti <laughs> and Barbara Muschietti are producing it. Cool. So Like the way you voice, say their names. It's Muschietti, isn't it? He <laughs> had like a sort of a Muschietti. Muschietti, yeah. <laughs> like Luigi Mario. I'll take the gabagoo. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so that's exciting, though. Um, also exciting is a while back, the University of Pittsburgh yeah. was gifted the entire treasure trove of George A. Romero's estate. Uh-huh. Okay? Like, all of his works, basically. Really? Anything to do with movie making and George's career. Is he a University of Pittsburgh alum or oh, something? Like- well, Pittsburgh was his hometown. Like, oh. everything... If you notice, all of his movies take place in Pittsburgh. Right, right. So, like, he's just... He's just... that. That's his 
I just didn't know if like specific, like the university of all places, you know. Yeah, it was donated to them because of his tight relationship with the city of Pittsburgh. Right on. Um, I watched this a while back. The University of Pittsburgh Libraries did a a full on uh, unboxing, basically. I guess you could call it of all of his stuff. Mm -hmm. Once they finally, once they actually went through it and categorized it and this and that, they did a live stream of these two guys that basically run the library and they were just going through all the stuff that came out of these records, basically. Sure. Scri- like, hun- like, I mean, not hundreds, but dozens of scripts that no one's ever seen before. Mm-hmm. Lost films, uh, all this other stuff, crazy amounts of George A. Romero stuff. One of those movies was a short film called Jackariah- Jackaranda Joe, mm. which Jackaranda Joe uh, is where is it here? Um, the story that entirely focused. No, that's not it. Uh, ba ba Basically, it's. I thought that it was here. Uh, basically, it's the precursor to found footage film. It's mm-hmm. like a. It's it's a mo- a short film that is based on people talking about footage that was found of the real Bigfoot, essentially. Mm-hmm. Sort of. Um, but it was lost and it was never released, and they have it, and they are finally going to be releasing it this coming week. Uh, after this airs, so you're, you still have time to watch it. Uh, it's going to be on April 12th uh, for free. Uh, the Pit Archives are going to be hosting a first-ever public screening of Georgie Romero's Jacaranda Joe. Um, all you have to do is go to their website. Um, you can find it on bladedisgusting.com. Uh, go there and just register for it. They'll give you a code to get in. You can watch it for free. Do you? Can you only watch it while they're doing the live? Yes. So yes. we so won't timed. be. So we won't be watching it. We will not be watching it, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> I'm a but there's also a Q and A afterwards uh-huh. with people from the archives and a whole bunch of other stuff. So if you're a big George A. Romero fan, uh, be there for it because this is going to be awesome. Who knows what they're going to do with it in the future? If it's going to be released, but probably for a good long while, this is going to be the only place you're going to be able to see it. So I suppose. What time is it? Uh, I'm not sure what time it's at. I know, I know that it's April 12th. You have to sign up for it probably to get the time. Because I suppose if we could convince our ladies to drive our cars instead of us driving our cars, we could watch it while we're driving down to Nashville. <laughs> yeah. No, it's in the evening. So we'd, oh. be, we'd be in Nashville already. Oh, well, well, hey, who knows? Know, maybe we could watch it then. Maybe we'll be around. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, they call it the proto-found footage movie because only a small part of it is found footage, but oh, it was a... The don't, first one to do it. Don't say proto. I didn't say it. They said it. Don't say proto. Sorry. Just what about rem- proto man? Because it just reminds me of the fact that we're missing proto men uh, in Nashville tonight. Uh, it's tonight, isn't it? It's God tonight. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Moving on to better news. Way to ruin the night, Mike. Yeah. yeah. Well, we started. We started with it. Let's continue with it in the form of Bill Skarsgård. Uh, apparently, the crow is back into production, this time with Bill Skarsgård okay. in the leading role. Here's the thing. I believe that when I see it. If if this was not on the heels of the Jason Momoa crow falling apart, yeah. I'd be more excited about it. Mm. You know? Yeah. I think I'm still a little bit butthurt over, over that. Yeah. And to see this one now taking shape after that one fell apart so quickly. I also just don't know if I... I like Bill Skarsgård. I just don't know if I see him as Eric Draven, though. I don't know if I do either. Hmm. He's got the face for it. I don't know that he has the voice and the right type of acting for it, if that makes sense. I mean, he's an actor, so he's capable of all types of acting. <laughs> you, you, Nicholas Cage is also an actor. Ooh. <laughs> Nicholas Cage is not an actor. Nicholas Cage is a thespian. Ooh, ooh, ooh. He's the thespian. Ooh, you're right. So, you're right. 
Just like Ellen put, DeGeneres. Put some respect on his name. Piece of shit. <laughs> what about Ellen DeGeneres? She's also a thespian. <laughs> right? We'll have a talk after the show. <laughs> you're, you're getting confused. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, moving on. Um, yeah. So that's happening. Uh, no dates or anything like that, but it's in production. So, hey, there's that's a thing. Right Bill Skarsgård is going to be Eric Draven. Yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, okay. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, Adam my, my wife will be excited about that anyway. Adam, well, not as excited if it was... She was very Momoa. excited about Jason Momoa. This will be like a, a good consolation prize for her. She's got weird taste in men. She, it's well, all over the map. Well, I, I was going to say, <laughs> weird taste... You think that you think that Momoa is weird taste in men? No, I'm saying that if there was a, a three-pointed star, you, Jason Momoa, and Bill Skarsgård would be at completely opposite points. Totally. And apparently she likes them all. Yeah. And I'm on the point where it's like... Like, You're the southern point. Yeah, like <laughs> like you could lop it off and it would be fine. <laughs> yep. Anyway, though, uh, Adam Wingard put a movie out in 2014 called The Guest. This was his follow up to uh, Your Next. Couldn't yeah, be the yeah, title. Yeah. That movie never got a sequel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Until now. Or did it? Oh, boy. Uh, this is interesting. I love the idea of this. There was no film sequel to The Guest. Uh-huh. However,. There was a soundtrack that just got released for The Guest 2. And it basically is the soundtrack for, I guess, the movie he would have made. I guess. I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. Okay. Like it's music inspired by the movie that never happened. Are you talking about Proto Men again? Because I will it's, slice your throat no, it's open. It's very similar to that. <laughs> it's like it's the same thing that they did with sort of. Only this yeah. is this, I believe, is just, you know, instrumental, obviously. It's a score. Mm. But still, I mean, that's yeah, I think that's, that's cool. pretty awesome. Yeah, I wish more movies would do this. Like, like you listen like to music inspired by the first movie and continuing that tradition on sequel record to the it's original. Like, it's like suggestive of the of the next. Like you can yeah. you can sit down and listen to the record and kind of make up the movie in your own mind. Yeah, in a fucking sensory depth chamber. You right, can, you can plug your phone into it. Dude. You can listen to your own music in there. We could start a business. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Um. This, the threads are spinning. What What business is that? Uh, we convince directors of movies who have never made sequels to create, to hire people to create scores for the would be sequels, and then we license those out so that we can pump them into sensory depth chambers. For assholes like us to listen to while they're floating around like idiots. Well, we know somebody who's already doing the second part. So all we need to do is facilitate the first part. See, we're onto something here. That's it. Dude. It's that million dollar idea we've been anyway. For. If you want to listen to the guest two soundtrack, you can listen to it on Spotify. It's oh. currently streaming. So hmm, pretty, uh, pretty awesome. Cool. Uh, let's see here, Kevin Smith, that schmuck. Uh, he made a movie <laughs> called Kilroy Was Here about seventeen thousand years ago. That has never been released. <laughs> uh-huh. Um. It was reported a long time ago that he was planning on releasing it as an NFT, which was extremely confusing as to how he's going to do that because it's never been done in film before. It's not confusing. It's just a bad idea. First of its kind. Because <laughs> um, some, some asshole like Martin Shkreli would, would well, scoop it up and then shelve it. Unfortunately, you would need 5,555 Martin Shkreli's for this one to keep it secret. Why? Because the way they're releasing it, we finally got new information on the way that this movie is going to be released. Uh, and that is that it is being launched as a 5,550, what, James? 
five. Five. <laughs> Piece generative art NTF collection. NFT. Uh, and, pff, dyslexic here. <laughs> NFT collection, which basically, if I'm if I'm understanding this correctly, five thousand five hundred and fifty-five people are going to be able to own the rights to this movie to do with it whatever they want. <clears throat> or is the movie being split into 5,555 parts? Now, that would be for, the worst for idea for everybody ever. to see the movie, those 5,555 people have to come together in unison and agree to put their parts together, much like you and I do on a daily basis, you, put our parts together. and Space docking? <laughs> and then... Release it to the world. You only do that if you never want anybody to ever see your movie. Yeah. Yeah. And if, I don't think that's but his... You, uh, but if you like money. <laughs> well, I, mean, I don't think that's his plan here. But basically, like I said, if I'm understanding so this correctly, that many people are going to be able to own the movie and have the rights to it, right? So he's hoping that one of these assholes will be like, yeah, we'll release this to the world. No, he's just going to make his money off of it and be done with it. I don't oh. think he gives a shit what happens to it afterwards. He's he's. But here's the thing. He's making a sequel to it. He's already working on a sequel to it. This is confusing. But if you own one of those NFTs, yeah. you can make your own sequel. You can print lunchboxes, as he says. You can make comic books. You can literally do whatever you want and make money off of it. Okay. Can we stop with this NFT bullshit? I, I think it's stupid. If this is if this and is crypto and all the other things that don't actually exist, like can this, we stop, please? If this catches on, I'm fucking done with the movie industry. Oh in, yeah. In that form. Yeah. Like I'm done with it. Right. Don't fucking release your movies this way because it's dog shit. Yeah. I'm begging you. Yeah. It's stupid. Hey. Hey, and I don't John feel, Carpenter, I, and, and, if you're and, listening to and, this, don't fucking release your movies like that. And I don't feel like we're being just like I don't I don't feel like we're just being contrarian. Like we're we're not just being naysayers about no, the whole thing. Like no. NFTs at their very root seem like stupid fucking things. Am I yeah. wrong? No. Somebody if somebody somebody give me a call. Somebody give me a call and tell me that I'm wrong. I I don't think I'm wrong. Bring, bring, bring. <laughs> uh, hello. Hi, is this James? Go fuck yourself. I was gonna say you're not wrong. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yes, this is James. I'll also fuck myself. Oh, <laughs> that's fine too. <laughs> anyway, um, that's uh, that's the update on that. Here's the thing: I there's no way that I don't see this movie getting either somebody buying it and just putting it online. Yeah. Or releasing it or whatever. Yeah. So I think we will see the movie, but it's just this is just a fucking annoying. I don't, annoying I don't, way I don't like doing all it. this wacky bullshit. Just no. either release the movie or don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't, <laughs> I don't get care. It. Anyway, uh, James, that brings us to the Blue Silver Records. Well, I hope you have. What's a, on Laser Ray? <laughs> Laser Ray. I hope you have a half hour to spare because there's nine thousand of I'm them. I'm timing you. You have five minutes. Okay, here we go. Uh, VHS ninety four next from, from RLJE Films on VOD, Digital HD, DVD, and Blu Ray on April nineteenth. Cool. Boom. Done. Uh, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow Part 2, Ooh. the sequel, 41 years in the making. Ooh. Right? Wait, so it's a new movie. 2022. There's a oh. new Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. Dark Knight of the Sounds Scarecrow like is... someone needs to do a retrospective. Right? The sequel, 41 years in the making, will be available on Blu-ray May 10th. In. Uh, Ty West's 2022 film, X. Which did like $10 million at the box office. Yeah. That's fucking nuts. I would not have expected that movie to do $10 million. Why? It's like uh, people love porn. I, well, sure. People love Britney Snow doing porn. 
and people of people getting murdered while doing porn. So why not? You know, when you say it like that, I'm, it suddenly takes on a whole new meaning. Yeah, I I have no, a way I of just, looking at these things. That's <laughs> I just would not have expected a Ty West movie to bring in ten million dollars. Oh. That's all. Well, like, I just don't think he's well he's well known enough for his movie to get that kind of traction. That's all. So that's that's exciting to hear though. Oh, he's done some stuff. Mark my words. Ty West, within one or two movies, will be doing something major. He's going to blow up. Or blow something or, if he sticks or, with porn. Or I was going <laughs> to say, or he's just going to lean into the porn thing and just go full on adult film. Uh, so that'll be hitting Blu-ray and DVD on May 24th. James Wan slasher Malignant, which we did recently on one of our shows, uh, which was previously released on Blu-ray, is getting a 4K Ultra HD release on May 24th. Severin Films is bringing a five-film, seven-disc, you-do-the-math collection of Christopher Lee films to Blu-ray. The Eurocrypt of Christopher Lee co- collection is... Uh, two. Oh, part two. Part two. Is available for pre-order on Severin's website for $95 and is expected to ship on May 31st. Okay, so quick side note here. Okay. If anybody cares about physical media the way that I do, mm-hmm. Severin has their own podcast mm-hmm. where every month they run down the releases that they're releasing and they talk about what the movies are, how they came to be, the work that went into them, the whole deal, right? It is absolutely fucking dangerous if you (laughs) like buying movies Mm, like this because mm -hmm. every episode will make you want to buy every single movie they put out. Right. But they went into depth about this Christopher Lee uh, box set. Yeah. Two of the films were like were quote unquote lost films, like that no one was talking about, nobody put out. Like they weren't lost in the sense of nobody could find them, but like they're they're all like the the Christopher Lee B sides, if mm-hmm, you will, right? Mm-hmm. So two of them were movies that no one's ever really talked about. The rest of them are just these weird, wacky, like one of them is like a Dracula parody movie, which is odd because Christopher Lee played Dracula. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, And then one of them is like a, a, like a hard-boiled thriller detective movie. and like they're, they're all over the map, but they sound fucking fascinating. And I want this real bad. So get it. It's $95. Damn, well, give me $95. I will. Okay, done. Right, right now. Done. Because I'm fucking made of money, Sweet, dude. dude. I actually just ordered it, so give me $95. <laughs> no, shut up. Coming to Blu-ray on May 17th from Warner Archive is Victor Fleming's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, starring Spencer Tracy and Ingrid Bergman. Ingrid Bergman. You know what deserves a spot on your shelf right next to an eight-film Saw Blu-ray collection? Eight-film Saw and nine Blu-ray collection. Sort of. A nine-film <laughs> Saw Blu-ray collection exclusively from Wally World with new artwork by Orlando Aracena. The collection will include all seven original Saw films plus Jigsaw and Spiral from the book of Saw. Um, the artwork's actually pretty cool. It is cool. I've seen it. I dig it. I like it. But I don't like shopping at Walmart because fuck Walmart, right? Every now and then Walmart comes out with some good shit. Their, uh, I know. Their release of the new Dune movie was the best release yeah, it was. that they put out. Yeah. Picked it up. Yeah. I still have yet to watch Pick, it. Picked it. <laughs> really? Not yet. I've been meaning to. I, I, I have a lot on my list, man. Come on, dude. I was busy watching Death on the Fucking Nile. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched it yet. I thought it looked cool. Eh. I like the it, Stylistically, it looks really cool. Mm. Would you say that style? No. no? Not really. Well, I'm going to watch it, and Not then I'm really. going to come back here, and I'm going to tell you to fuck off. Okay. Uh, Dog Soldiers from 2002, 
directed by Neil Marshall, is getting a 4K Ultra HD upgrade from Scream Factory and will be available on June 14th. Also from Scream Factory, Toby Hooper's 1981 film The Fun House will be getting a 4K upgrade and will hit shelves on June 21st. Nice. Uh, you know who does awesome releases? Uh, oh, let me guess. Mania Select Home Video. Exactly. But you know who else? <laughs> Somebody who doesn't do them often enough. Scream Factory. Oh, yeah. Well, luckily, the 1993 alien abduction film Fire in the Sky is getting the extremely rare Scream Factory treatment on Blu-ray and will be available on June 21st. Womp womp. What? I just bought this movie. I imported it from fucking Australia <laughs> on Blu-ray because I wanted it on Blu-ray. And then a month later, Scream Factory announces it. <laughs> now, I'm hoping the imprint uh, imprint put it out in Australia. I'm hoping that it's different features. So yeah. that I have stuff that you know I wouldn't have been able to get. Is it exclusive? It came out, is it Region A? What yeah. is it? Yeah, it's, it's oh. technically Region B. But the disc is mastered in a way to oh. where it's region free, right on. Um, so I'm able to watch it here. But I'm I don't know I'm I'm hoping the Screen Factory just doesn't have anything new on it because mm. I don't want to spend more money because it's maybe my favorite alien abduction movie of all time. So good. So you so know. good. Um, well, next up, Super Indian, uh, Super Enigmatic label, Scream Factory is pulling a total Willy Wonka and coming out of the shadows for a rare. 4K release of 1982's... Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 1982's Cat People, which will be available on 4K on June 28th. The new Christina Ricci film, Monstrous, which is headed to theaters uh, and on demand on May 13th, will be followed up by Blu-ray release on July 5th. Pre-orders are now available. I got two more for you here. Louis Teague's adaptation of the Stephen King novel Cat's Eye from 1985 is coming to 4K courtesy of UK company's Studio Canal. The expected release date is sometime in May, but pre-orders are currently available. And last, but certainly not least, we're traveling back to Wally World because they are re-releasing a long list of movie collections with new artwork because they like them dollar dollar bills. Yep. Uh, the horror franchises that are included, well, horror, I say this, Horror sort of uh, horror adjacent horror adjacent franchises that are part of this list are Final Destination, Mortal Kombat, Tremors, A Nightmare on Elm Street, Jurassic World, The Mummy, It, Chucky, The Conjuring, The Purge, and MonsterVerse. The sets range in price from seven fifty to twenty nine ninety six, which is a totally random number. Twenty nine ninety six. Twenty nine ninety six. That's sounds, it for sounds blues. like a bargain. All right. Sorry, um, to, sorry to take up. 98 minutes of your time with Blu-rays this you're fine. week. So this month celebrated nine years of the Evil Dead remake that wow. Fetty Alvarez made. Wow. Can you imagine that? No. Well, well, I can imagine Well, it, yeah. you know what I mean. But can I believe it? Can you believe that, no. though? It's been nine years. Crazy. I don't even know what to do with that. I remember seeing that in theaters. Nine years ago, Jane Levy was really a babe. She still is. And nine years into the future, Jane Levy. Still a babe. Still a babe. <laughs> Fact. Fact. Um, anyway, though, uh, Fede Alvarez, the director of said film, uh, went to Twitter this this week to... Po he posted uh, a personal collection of Polaroids from the set of Evil Dead. Right? It's getting weird. Right? <laughs> it's <laughs> getting weird. <laughs> I'm going to drain the levy. Um, 
anyway though, it, it's a behind the scenes Polaroids that he took or whatever, and uh, they're right. they're kind of cool because they you know the the very iconic scene from the original Evil Dead and they recreated it in Fed Alvarez's of, from the the, the uh, cellar under the cellar. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. There's pictures of of Jane Levy though making just weird faces in <laughs> in costume under the cellar door. Like, yeah, it's just dope. kind of cool weird photos like that. Sure. He followed that up though with a tweet that said also. There was an alternate ending to My Evil Dead where Mia was taken by, quote, the Force, just like Bruce was at the end of the first film. I could share it here if you want. Just let me know, and I'll post the take. What a fucking boss move. <laughs> like, yep. hey, by the way, got this super exclusive piece of film. Just let me know. Which pisses me off it. because they released the unrated cut of the movie. Oh, This was not in it. So there's definitely more footage well, to un- be had. Well, unrated doesn't mean uncut. No, I get that. But like, point is, though, if you're going to put footage back into a movie, mm-hmm. put it all back in. Mm. You know? Put it all in. Um, This was not part of it, and he made good on his promise, and he released it. It's very quick. It's only um, whoop, seven oh. seconds long. Yeah. It's, it's a very short clip, but it's exactly what he says it is. It starts off, the force is inside the cabin. It shoots out to Mia. She screams. The camera twists. Cut. It's, did very, they, it's very quick. Did they, uh, in honor of Sam, did they do shaky cam? Yes. Oh, I mean, it looks like it at least. I don't know how they did it. But he then followed up, though, with the actual script pages for that scene, which is much gorier than what was shot. Yeah. I'm going to do a live reading for you of that segment of a page. Please do. Make it dramatic. <clears throat> Mia stops. Deeper. Some Mia stops. <clears throat> Thank you. Something's not right. Cut to POV of the force. As it overtakes Mia, she turns, screaming, frightened. Ha! It flings, it flings her into the air. Her entire body trembles in pain. She's lifted some 30 feet into the sky. An impossible amount of pressure compresses her body, and then finally, she explodes. What the fuck? <laughs> right? She explodes. Gallons of blood and guts flying everywhere. Beneath her, bathed in what's left of Mia, is the book. Oh, shit. I just need the version of the movie where fucking Mia explodes at the end. <laughs> See, it's fun to read that. I don't think I would like that version, though. No, so here's the thing, though. That's now three versions of the ending. There's that version. There's the version that we got in the movie. And then there's that other fabled version where Ash drives mm. down the road in a pickup truck and picks her up. What was the? How did the? So, I, it's been a while since I watched this version. She just she just walks into the room. She's she's like she she's walking along and just like a, absolutely just completely fucked. And, like yeah, yeah. And she's just walking. That's the it. Camera cuts and she's walking. Doesn't down a the car road. like a car doesn't pull up on her? Like she's just walking. That's it. That's it. That's it. Okay. So now there's three different. Both of the other endings, I think, are better than what we got. In my opinion. Well, I f- I feel like I feel like there was always like some hope of a of a, a, a sequel? sequel, right? I I mean, Fatty Alvarez has teased a sequel. Well, yeah. So who knows if we'll ever get it? <laughs> but it's been a decade, it, you know. I mean, that's okay though. Some movies, some sequels just take longer. Well, we just talked about Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. It took forty one years. 40, to make I don't, I don't want forty one years for a sequel to this. You know, Mia comes back. I'm here. <laughs> To fight the evil dead. <laughs> <laughs> why are you, why do all your old people sound the same? Because <laughs> <laughs> they're old. I don't know. 
Anyway, though, uh, that's the news, James. Nice. That's it. That's the news, James? That's the news, James. This has been your James, and I am the news. Um, all right, so we're going to take a quick break here, and when we come back, we're going to talk... We're going to talk to Foo Fighters. We're going to talk Taylor Hawkins. We're going to talk about demons. We're going to talk about Jeff Carlin. We're going to talk about dicks flying back up into your mouth. As if they were already there. Right? I mean, that's the we all of, know they were. Because that's the kind of record, despite what Jeff Garlin thinks, that's the kind of record that people do want. <laughs> All right, we'll be back. Throughout this, they'll see faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. All right, James. Yes, uh, Michael. Two weeks and one day ago, we learned of the passing of Taylor Hawkins. Mm-hmm. So we thought that it was, uh, you know, it was we'd be we'd be real dudes if we uh, decided to talk about uh, the foos Tips. and his life and uh, and everything else. Tips. So obviously, we are doing Studio Six 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 this week. It uh, just came out a couple weeks ago uh, in February. It's almost a month ago now. It came out. I think it was February 25th it came out. You're all mixed up, bro. I'm all February, mixed up. February was almost three months ago. No, February, March, April. Two months ago. I stand I, by what I said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, though, um, before we get into Studio 666, though, uh, I figure like like the Foo Fighters have been a, a band that have been around almost my entire musical life. Mm-hmm. From the time that I started caring about music, to to now they've been around they've been a thing i i do you remember like when the first time you ever heard them was your um, very first experience with the foo fighters was yeah i remember uh i've i've talked about i've talked about before my my buddy justin whose family was like one of the first families to have internet uh-huh. <clears throat> uh so he was one of my first like you know like, hey, let's look up pictures of Jenny McCarthy, right? <laughs> solid choice. Solid. Well, back then it was a pretty solid choice. But uh, I remember seeing the video forever long, even before I saw it on MTV. Oh, so your so wait, so your first experience with the Foo Fighters was record two. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think so. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, if it was Everlong, then it was Color on the Shape. I I think so. Yeah. Okay. Unless I. I, I can't think it like that's as far back as my memory goes as far as the first time I like remember being exposed to them was the Everlong okay, video. Okay. It also you might and, just you be and probably it's, everybody else. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I like how you're setting yourself up as no, a No, fo- no, it's oh, not that. Oh, that so, was, so your experience was record was, two. Like, let me tell you about what an OG I Everlong am. Everlong was when they burst into the mainstream, though, is <laughs> yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. Oh, you really woke that fucking dog up. I all I did was rock a piss, dude. I don't know what you want. From you me. were up there for like ten minutes. Oh, so. I was petting the bunny too. You made the dogs jealous. <laughs> they woke Sorry. up and they could sense that the rabbit was being pet. Apologies. You're a real piece Apologies. of shit. Apologies. It's Easter time. <laughs> rabbit gets all the uh, all the attention. Um, okay, so Everlong though was your first experience though with him for the most part. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
I remember we used to vacation at my grandparents' house in Pennsylvania, uh-huh. uh, in Hermitage, Pennsylvania, to be oh, exact. Hermitage. Um, and I remember one of the one of the trips that we were there. My brother, who was very uh, on the pulse of '90s music, you know, oh, of course. Um, I remember it was right after you know a, a year after Kurt Cobain died. Uh-huh. So I remember all that extremely vividly. And I remember my brother telling me that this was the dude from Nirvana's new band. And I only knew of them as the Fingernails Band. Or or they sang the Fingernails oh, song. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of, uh, this is a this is a call, right? Yeah, yeah. this is a call. Uh-huh. You know, fingernails are pretty, fingernails are good. Yeah. They were the finger, it was a fingernail song. I didn't know what it was called at that time. <laughs> and I remember, I remember, that was my first exposure to them was when that first came out. And I think that was like, it was like right after that, it was before the record actually came out. Uh, my brother was listening to that single mm-hmm. when it had dropped, and then I remember the Big Me music video, the yeah. the, the the Futos Fresh Fighter, you know, basically a spoof on the Mentos commercials. Was big, what what album was Big Me on? The first one. Oh, the first record. Oh, okay. Well, then that's my earliest memory because I remember seeing the Big Me video. The kids all sneaking of, in and playing the with time. them, and yeah. I just i i always <laughs> i always loved because it was. Uh, um, Dave Grohl, uh, there's a the limo parked in the way, yep. and Dave Grohl goes to crawl through, and and he turns around and does the futos, and the me and Greg always, always used to make fun of the way the lady looks at him, and and then just I I'm gonna make the face, you can't see the face I'm making, but she looks like like offended, and then she sees futos, and she just goes, oh, yep. <laughs> and we yep. always used to make okay, so I didn't realize yep. Big Me was off of their first yeah. album because i'm a uh, piece of shit obviously this is a call big me um there was another single off that record too i don't know why i can't think of what it was look it up but yeah, um yeah. that first record though was huge to me monumental to me um like that's that this i was a call I was, i'll stick around I'll for stick all the around. for all the cow i'll stick for around. all the cows i'll stick <laughs> around was the other one okay um but yeah no like it was just a big record for me i mm-hmm. remember that record when it first came out so i've i've been with them and like i said this isn't to like you put it, be gloating. That's yeah. not what I'm doing, but like the point is, though, is like I've been, I've been following them since their their inception. I liked them before they were popular. <laughs> yeah, I I like to think they're pretty fucking popular from the second they started. But um, I actually, I actually liked them. Uh, I like I I actually knew about them before I even heard about before uh, before Kurt Cobain even died. Um, I liked them back when they were called Pocket Watch. Thank you very much. Walket Potch. I actually liked them back when they were called Walket Potch. That was before Pocket Watch. <laughs> I fucking hate you so much, dude. Point is, point is, I've been a fan of the Foo Fighters for a very long time. Uh, Taylor Hawkins, when Taylor Hawkins joined and I realized that he was the drummer of Alanis Morissette, I was like, oh shit, that's really cool. Because I was also a huge Lance Morissette fan when Jagged Little Pill came out. Well, of course. So like this, this who the hell this, wasn't? This band was just kind of molding into its thing. And the weird thing about the Foo Fighters is they went <clears> from <throat> they've gone through so many different incarnations. They started off as a four piece. Mm-hmm. They went down to a three piece for There's Nothing Left to Lose. Went back. Then they then they became a five piece after that. Now they when at, at the end of Taylor Hawkins' run with them. They were a seven piece. A it's seven, like, seven, seven, piece? Six, six. six, six piece. I'm sorry, six, six piece. Yeah. The point is, though, is that they've gone through a lot of different incarnations mm-hmm. of of the band, um, and it's a testament to how good they are that they can do that, you know. Um, and they're a super band. A lot of people don't realize that they are 
technically a super band, uh-huh. you know, by definition. You have Grohl and Smear, who were a part of Nirvana, Nirvana. and then Smear was in the Germs. Nate's from uh, Sunny, Sun- Day, Sunny Real Day Real Estate. So I love Sunny Day Real Estate. Yep. Uh, um, Taylor Hawkins was from Alanis, Alanis Morissette. Morissette. Yeah. Uh, uh, Rami Jaffe is from The Wallflowers. Oh, that's where yeah. that's where he started his career. That's forget about the Wallflowers. Yeah. So it's like they're they're technically speaking, they are a super band. They are um, probably one of the most successful super bands of all time, mm-hmm. by definition, at least. By definition, I'm pretty sure that between well, the two I of us, we've said by definition but the thing, 18 well, times today. The reason though is because they're not like they're not like Velvet Revolver, though. You know what I'm saying? They're not like the the big super yeah. bands where you know who they are where it's almost like a gimmick exactly yeah. they're they're famous because they're a super band mm-hmm. the foo fighters were not famous because they were that sure they just happened to be right um but yeah like when taylor start when taylor joined the band though you have i remember the in the in the documentary the uh, f- uh what's it called foo fighters not first to last what's it called uh back and forth you know they talk about how with their original drummer, who was the drummer from Sunny Day Real Estate, mm-hmm. he didn't cut it Couldn't for Dave Grohl because you know, and and even Nate says you're in a band with the greatest drummer in the world. Well, even even that, that's fucked up pressure. No, Pat Smear says that there that's was, fucked up pressure. There know? was even some there was even some shit between Taylor and Dave at first. Mm. Yeah, Nate and Dave. Huh? It was Nate and Dave. Taylor and Dave were. Like that off the bat. Ta- no, Dave Dave went back and retracked some of Taylor's drums no, without telling him. No, that was all the original guy on Color and Shape. It was? Yeah, Taylor was not on the Color and the Shape. No, I know He's that. in the music videos. Yeah, He I was know. not on that record, though. Dave Grohl recorded all the drums for that record. I swear, dude, that there is a story about him retracking That's some of... That's the original guy. Okay. That's the original guy. All right. Well, and here's the thing. The, the Foo Fighters' very first record... Dave rolled the drums on because mm-hmm. he did everything on that record. Sure, yeah. That was his demo record, basically. Right. Color and the shape, they recorded it all, but the drums didn't sound good enough for, for Dave. So he in secret re-recorded, started with one track, two track, and then he ended up doing all of them. Okay. So he's credited on the record as doing all of them. Yeah. So, I've only watched back and forth once and it was back when it came out. So maybe I'm just kind of mixing up all the stories. I've but watched I, it. I swear to God that probably 50 times. Okay. I, well, I, I used to watch it every time before we'd play a show. That was like my that was like uh, oh, my yeah. daily like get into the mode of fucking playing live music yeah. thing. I don't know, it was like a weird thing I did. But point is, until Taylor Hawkins showed up, Dave wouldn't let anybody do anything. So that's a testament to how good Taylor was. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh he became the the number two of the Foo Fighters. Mm-hmm. You watch any interviews, always Dave and Taylor. If if it was one, it was Dave. If there was two, it was the two of them. That was it. Yeah. He became the number two of the band, though. Like his mm-hmm. personality and everything else. He had his other bands. Uh, Chevy Metal was his uh, <laughs> half metal. cover, half original. I think like eighties metal band. Yeah. Um, he had actually another band that I wasn't even aware of until very recently that I can't think of the name of. But he was the front man of another band. Uh, I was Taylor Hawkins and the Something Something, and they're really good. Uh, Chris and I listened to them when we were driving to and from estate sales a couple of weeks ago. Taylor, they're really fucking good, though. Taylor Hawkins and the Coattail, Coattail Riders? That's it. Yeah. They're really... Have you heard of them before? No, I don't think so. I never knew it was a thing. They have two records. Really? Never knew it was a thing. Hmm. It's fantastic. But um, but yeah, like Taylor Hawkins, though, like, by, by all 
accounts was the biggest sweetheart you'll ever meet. You know, like everyone who says he walks into a room, lit it up. I know that's cliche, but he seems to be the embodiment of that phrase. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So the fact that we lost him this early is uh, an absolute shame. Yeah. You know, and it's uh, like I don't know if we mentioned it, but it you know it did come back that it was uh, the worst what we thought a couple weeks ago, and we said we don't want to imagine that it's, it has something to do with drugs. It seems like it probably had something to do with drugs, not an overdose. They didn't say an overdose, but they've gone back and forth on it. It seems like it might have been. Something having to do with his heart, yeah, but probably exacerbated by some drugs and stuff like that. So it's just uh, where it where it stands now. From what we've been able to read, is that there was a lot of substances found in his hotel room, yeah, and that he was complaining of chest pains like either the day of or the day before he yeah. was found <clears throat> deceased. So take that for what you will. Unfortunately, one of the substances that supposedly they found in his room was heroin. Yeah, you know, which is which is a bummer. You know. Fuck heroin, man. It's it's yeah. it's the. I mean, everyone knows it's the worst, but God, it's the fucking worst. Yeah. Um, doesn't take away from him as a person. You know, addiction is uh, it's it's a hell of a thing. Yeah. You know, you, you, the best of people fall prey to addiction. Unfortunately, um, I don't let that shape my view of people that have passed on from that. No, whatever. Of course not. Um, it's just an absolute fucking bummer yeah. that we lost another really good one yeah. due to it. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, moving on to Studio 666, <laughs> where all of them die. Let's not talk about one of them dying. Let's talk about all of them Jeez. dying. <laughs> uh, Come on. You got to have fun with it. Yeah. He'd appreciate it. Sure. Um, Studio 666 from 2022, directed by B.J. McDonald. James, do you know what B.J. McDonald directed? Um, No. Yes. Hatchet 3. Oh, yes. I did know that. Oh, yes. Uh, Hatchet 3, uh, he <laughs> started his career, I believe, well, maybe not started, but had a big chunk of his career with Adam Green. Mm-hmm. Uh, he worked on a whole bunch of other stuff. I think he, I want to say he directed a bunch of stuff in Holliston. I don't, don't quote me on that, but I think he did. Oh, I'm but I'm going to. He's had a massive career, though, in camera and electrical. Like, mm-hmm. he's been the camera op on, I, I'm not even going to begin to, start listening to movies but go to his imdb i'm his, looking i'm it's looking massive. at it it's a lot yeah. it's a massive list <laughs> yeah dude is successful yeah um so he, this is only his second directorial effort though uh and hatchet three was great so legendary rock band foo fighters move into an encino mansion well oh. unless unless you unless you count music videos and stuff like well, that. He's, he's yeah he's tons. directed a bunch of those tons. yeah um legendary rock band foo fighters move into an encino mansion steeped in grisly rock and roll history to record their much anticipated 10th album can't can't spell encino mansion without encino man can't that's actually why i kind of like paused on it the first time <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right um what do you think of this james uh, I liked it. I thought it was just like it was exactly what I was expecting. Yep, it was super fun. Uh, the cast, aside from the Foo Fighters, was um, just like I love I love uh, uh, Jeff Garland. Mm-hmm. I think he's hilarious. Fantastic. I'm a big fan of uh, of Curb Your Enthusiasm. So, uh, he, like his his style of improv comedy went well, especially with Taylor Hawkins. In that opening scene that we talk, that uh, that we used for our intro, because apparently Taylor didn't want to learn the script for this movie, so he decided to improv all of his lines. 
and and uh, luckily Jeff Garland is quick enough to be able to feed off that to feed off of that. So I and I thought that was a pretty hilarious moment in the beginning of the movie. Well, um, speaking of cast, though, uh, obviously you have the Foo Fighters. You have Dave Grohl, Nate Mendel, Pat Smear, Taylor Hawkins, Rami Jaffe, Chris, Chris Shiflett. Oh, that's who we forgot. Sorry. We forgot about Chris Shiflett when we were talking about the super band. He's from No Use for a Name. There oh, you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, and Me First and the Gimme Gimmies. Uh-huh. Not to be, you know, mistaken. Okay. Anyway, though, uh, Whitney Cummings is also in this movie. Uh-huh. She plays the next door neighbor, Samantha. Also, Whitney uh, Goings. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jeff Garland, idiot. as you mentioned. Uh, <laughs> Jenna Ortega shows up in the very beginning and the very end of the movie. Spoilers. I didn't fucking realize that was her. I honestly thought that was Jane Levy because the scene reminded me so much of the Evil Dead remake. <laughs> it really did. The beginning? Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't even realize it was her. She's... She's of that age too, where where we first became aware of her in you, right? Where she was young. You season two, yeah. Yeah. So the thing is, like, she's growing up. Every role she does, she's getting older. Mm-hmm. So every time you see her, she looks a little bit different. Yeah. So it's weird. So when I see her, it's like I just don't expect to see her looking the way she looks because that wasn't how she looked the last time I saw her. Yeah. That that's all that was, but I just didn't realize it was her. Right. Um Carrie fucking King. Slayer <laughs> guitar player Carrie King plays Krug, uh one of their Krug. main Krug. Krug, sorry, Krug. Fuck. One of their one of their main uh, roadies. Uh Will Forte who plays the uh delivery guy. I love how he doesn't even have a name. He's just <laughs> delivery guy. Oh, he actually had a name in the in the movie though. They said his name a bunch Did of they? times. Damn it. Now now I want to know what it is specifically oh, because specifically because they call him delivery guy in the credits because because uh, because um, Dave picks up his tape and he's or his uh, demo. Oh and shit! He says, you're right. You're right. And he says, and we'll always remember. Da, 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 what the hell is his name? <laughs> you're right. I can't remember. I'm gonna look it up. But anyway, please do. Um, uh, you have Lionel Richie. Lionel Richie. His his scene was hilarious. Dropping an f bomb. Yeah, that was awesome. That's my fucking song. Fantastic. <laughs> like I was, I was sitting there going, "Oh man, Dave Grohl doing a cover of, of uh, uh, the hell's the name of that song? Hello? Is it just hello? Is it me, me you're looking for? Hello. I can see it in your eyes. I can see it in your smile." Is it just called Hello? I think so. But yeah, Lionel shows up and drops an F bomb. Did you know that he was <laughs> I in this? That was so funny. What's no, did I you, didn't. No, uh, there were I didn't realize he was in it. I didn't realize that JC is in it. Well, you did because we talked about it two weeks ago. I didn't know that he was actually in the movie. I said it. I love that you pay attention to me. I don't up, pay attention the to the things that you say because most of the things that you say don't matter to me. Keep up the good work. I appreciate that. Yeah, I don't care about anything that you say normally. <laughs> but yeah, I um, know that John Carpenter was the was like the uh, producer of the record, though. Right. I didn't realize that's what they brought him in okay, for. Yeah. That was fantastic. Um, it's just a it, the the cast is just fantastic. It's the band that you want to see plus a bunch of familiar faces that add to the fun. Who is uh? Jason Trost, he played uh, he played uh, one of the techs. The tech oh, with the was, eye patch. He was in the FP. You've never seen that, I guarantee you. The FP was a movie made oh, by that's Alamo that Draft Dance House. Dance Revolution. Yes, yeah, it was a DDR movie. You told me about that movie a it's long time ago. It's basically the Warriors meet video games. 
is basically the, what it is. So the eye patch is real. Is that what yeah. I'm gathering? Yeah. He actually wears an eye patch in real life. Correct. Okay, right on. That's a that's that's a bold that's a bold look. He's also in the sequel to the FP called Beats of Rage. Beats of Rage. <laughs> Need to see that's them. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, uh, not too many people rock the eye patch. That's a he's he's doing it. It's a cool way to go. He's doing it. I mean, if um, you're gonna do it, do it right, right? This movie is everything that you want it to be. It's well, it's it's not everything that everybody wants it to be because there's a lot of people that hate this movie. Who? Uh, assholes. 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 <laughs> assholes and there's jerks. A, you read the like it's got a what does it got? It's sitting at a five point eight on IMDb. Ooh. Ooh. And if I'm not mistaken, I think it's certified rotten on Rotten Tomatoes. Those those people are stupid. Um, the no, opening but line, that's for that's for the critic score. I think that the audience score is higher. The opening line of this movie is a piece of dialogue that confirms what I've thought forever, and that Waterworld is one of the best Kevin Costner movies ever made. It's said so. That's it, vindication. It's said in a joke movie where almost every line is ridiculous. No, no, that's truth. James. So that is truth in t- advertising, take right that, there. Take that how you will. No. They open, though, with uh, the conversation about Waterworld being a, a cinematic treasure, which I happen to agree with. Um, before that, though, you have the first kill of the movie happens within the first five minutes of the movie, and it's Jenna Ortega. Pretty fucking brutal. Getting bro. her fucking head ripped open by a goddamn claw hammer. Yeah. And it, it's, it, it doesn't stop where you think. It, like, where you think it should stop, it goes another, like, solid ten seconds. Could have stopped after, like, the first two hits, but... No, it just no, keeps going. I'm not going to... It's like her, it's glorious, her head James. turns into a bowl of spaghetti. <laughs> it is glorious. <laughs> I love it. The uh, what, Who was the effects crew behind this movie? I, Do you know? You know what? I'm actually not sure. Was, I, I forgot to look it up because I'm a, a piece of shit. I'm not I'm sure. I'm bad, bad at my job. But While you're looking it up, though. Uh, yeah, this movie, it's like if, you, if you're a big fan of... Evil Dead, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say that because there's so many references to Evil Dead in this movie, yeah. it's unreal. Yeah. Um, but it's basically like this the goriest version of Evil Dead you can imagine, mixed with like I don't know, what's a good rock star movie? Kiss. <laughs> Kiss meets the Phantom in the Park. <laughs> is that a is that a good rock star movie? <laughs> it's it's another movie where it was a, a band actually playing themselves. You know, yeah, I mean, there's not too too many of those. Well, the Beatles did it a few times. The Monkees, obviously, but the Monkees was like a a band that was built around the TV show. I and need to see the Monkees version of this movie. That'd be awesome. Fucking amazing. Except for Mike Nesmith just died, so that that fits them. They can kill him in the opening <laughs> act. <laughs> um, uh, who a uh, Cradle of Filth? Cradle of Filth. Yeah, Cradle of Fear. They did Cradle of Fear. Yep, is the true. whole band in that movie? They are, but they're not playing themselves though. That's what I'm saying though. It's a rarefied. It's a rarefied movie. Danny where the band plays himself, doesn't no, he? No, he plays the man. Oh, the man. He's the man. Okay, yeah. Like when the band actually plays themselves in the movie, though, that's like the rare part of it. Yeah, know? yeah. Um, I was gonna say if we were gonna do a double feature, I was gonna suggest the Kiss movie. Oh, this and Kiss. Yeah, we meet the Phantom, which would have been fantastic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's exactly what you want it to be though. It's, it's gory and it's crazy and it's like, oh, what's that fucking Australian movie? Um, gore, gorgasm, not gorgasm. Uh, oh, deathgasm. Deathgasm. Yeah. yeah. This movie is the Foo Fighters equivalent to Australia's deathgasm. (laughs) 
if Foo Fighters was a country. <laughs> <laughs> that was. Do you get what I'm saying, though? No, that was all very confusing. <laughs> I've had. They're very I've similar movies. Too many. I've had too many beers to understand what the yeah. hell you just said. I've had too many beers to actually talk what I want to say. Mm. Point being, um, no, but it's very similar. If you like Deathgasm, you'll love this movie. They're very similar. Or if you like Foo Fighters, you'll love this movie. If you That's, like so, gore, so you'll the, love this movie. So the people, if you like the Foo Fighters, not the Foo Fighters, if you like Foo Fighters, um, you'll like this movie. Of course. If you're not a big fan of gory horror, you might not love the movie, but you'll like it just because of the like the banter of the band. It's it's literally sure. like it's literally like watching them backstage just fuck around with each other. Um, and then every once in a while, one of them gets killed. <laughs> so for our purposes and for what we like, it's it's kind of like the perfect combination of everything. Yeah, when they start the movie, they're so let's let's let's, let's just get into it. the The band is sitting around a uh, conference table talking about their tenth album. Like mm-hmm. we need to do something big for the tenth album. Let's go to like a, a specific place to record it that has like a sound that's nothing like we've done before. So they get recommended to this house. Where there's a history of band of violence, there's another band called Dream Widow that was recording there. The singer went crazy, killed the rest of the band members. Well, they don't know that. No, they no, they don't know that. But They're, that's the uh, house, though. The uh, the real estate agent, uh, uh, what was her name, Barb? Of course, it was Barb. <laughs> of course, it was Barb. Barb Weems, played by Leslie Grossman, who I think Leslie Grossman's really funny. Oh yeah. I, um. She what the hell TV show she used to be on? Not sure. Um, but uh, I think she's really funny. She 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 show she's showing them the place, and she's Dave's like, ah, there's something dark about this place. It's just like this overwhelming sense of dread and death, or something. She's like, well, I will admit there was a band that lived here in the '90s, and they were recording, and then. They never finished the album. And she just goes, creative differences. And it's <laughs> never tells them that everybody was murdered. Um, but it's it's kind of like the Amityville house for music recording. It's like Amityville. And then every it, the uh, the scene, there was a few. You did mention that there was some Evil Dead callbacks. Oh, a ton of them. There was a few Exorcist callbacks. Yep. Like when every time he claps and he hears the, the echo. The reverberation. You see the, face. you see the face. It was kind of like when Pazuzu, Pazuzu pops yep. up in uh, in The Exorcist, and and also when the delivery guy shows up, when Will Forte shows yes. up, he stops at the bottom of the steps and looks up at the house, and it's like a recreation of the um, the cover art for The Exorcist. And I'm there's got to be. I'd like to go back through and I'd like to go back through and like pick out every single. I'm sure somebody else has already done this work for us, but. I think it's fun to do it ourselves to like pick out every single reference that you can find. Sure. But this whole movie is just like lousy with them. Well, for Evil Dead, you have the real to real player. That's Evil right. Dead. You have the, the fact book. that the book is made the book in human that's flesh. Made with human flesh, yep. yeah. You have the demon over the bed and when, when Dave is mm, dreaming and mm-hmm. the demon comes over the bed. That's so Evil Deadish. Yeah. Um, you have the light bulbs filling with blood and then bursting. Evil Dead. That was yeah. from the original Evil Dead. Uh, you have a chainsaw part from evil dead like uh-huh. there's just there's so many just the, the over-the-top gore just in and of itself mm. is very evil dead mm-hmm. um imagine why i love it so much right <laughs> uh but yeah so they so they they get to this house dave decides this is the house this is the sound that we need for the record 
And almost immediately, he starts getting writer's block, which is where the Lionel Richie uh, scene comes into play. Mm -hmm. He's either writing his own music or he's writing other people's music. Mm -hmm. And it's fantastic. Um, And he goes into the basement, finds the, the book, and he gets infected by like the demon at that point. The ghost of <clears throat> the singer. Is it the singer of uh, Dream no, Widow? No, the, the singer of Dream Widow was really into the occult and was summoning demons or whatever, dark spirits to try and help him like write the perfect song. And then he ended up getting possessed. And uh, then when he died, he killed himself That's so it. that the song would not be completed yeah so the song the one song needed to be finished right. to bring like this demon forth or whatever yep. it is the original singer killed himself because he he had this moment of clarity where he realized he couldn't do it so dave now dave Grohl is now <laughs> possessed by the same spirit and one by one just starts killing off his bandmates <sighs> in hilarious ways <laughs> uh carrie king is one of their roadies he dies first of like electrical trauma, we'll say. Um, <laughs> every time somebody dies in a horrific way, the whole band is freaked out. But Dave just like he's like, we gotta finish this album. <laughs> so, so he's like convincing everybody, like, hey, it's it's fine. Like Krug would have wanted it's totally it. Totally fine, guys. <laughs> but like, <laughs> like Krug gets fried. He's literally like a pile of smoking meat on the floor. <laughs> and everybody's like, oh shit, he's dead, man. And Nate, like Nate checks his pulse. And he's like, shit, he's dead. And then they 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 wait for a beat. And then Dave's just like, Krug, Krug, Jägermeister, Krug. <laughs> like trying to wake him up by tempting him with Jägermeister. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> um uh the uh there's there's a there's a ton of there's a ton of moments like that where Dave will just go from doing nothing to screaming like a girl, like for for no reason. <laughs> Like when Lionel Richie shows up, he's sitting there s- singing his song, and then Lionel's hand comes out of nowhere, he and he screams, "Ah, Lionel!" <laughs> I I think the the charm of the movie is the fact that none of them are actors. No, so it's very obvious well, it's that they're acting. Yeah, but that's the charm of it, though. Well, and that's that a, works like, for that's, this movie. That's like in a lot of the reviews, people are like, "Oh God, it's like it's so hard to get through because the acting is terrible." I'm like, they're not actors, dipshit. Yeah. They're literally just like, I, I'm guessing most of it was just, well, you can tell when somebody's delivering a line and then you can tell when somebody like, especially Taylor is just saying whatever he wants to say. And that's when you get like kind of the most uh, natural moments of quote unquote acting because he wasn't actually acting. Yeah. Because he's just like, I'm just going to say whatever I want right here. And then you guys <laughs> react to whatever I say. Um, so there, there was a lot of that in there too. And I, I feel like I feel like you could see I, I don't know what order they shot the movie in, but there are certain scenes where it feels like the um, the dialogue feels a lot more natural, and I'm guessing that like in the scenes where it feels really kind of awkward and the acting is really sort of bad, it was probably toward the beginning of shooting. It could have been, and that, then that does happen they sort a lot. of started to slip into the the groove yeah. at some point. Um, Overall, though, I don't think they did a bad job. Like, no, some Pat, of them... Pat Smear is hilarious. Pat Smear is fucking hysterical. Uh, Rami is so funny. Rami's <laughs> my favorite Foo Fighter of the bunch. Like <laughs> this movie, I, I always liked Rami Jaffe. Yeah. I was like, ever since I saw him on Carpool Karaoke, where he's like, "You were in Nirvana." Like, 
like that was the first time where I really like like I thought like okay Rami's got like Rami's kind of funny like mm-hmm. he's that kind of guy. Seeing him in this movie, I was like, he, it's, it's an extension of that. Yeah. Like he's hysterical. Yeah, like he's got a fucking heart shaped chest hair like shaved into me. He wears a fucking like tiger man thong. Like, Except fucking, for it's Dave's. It's Dave's. Like, Dave, Dave. Dave comes into. Dave comes into his bedroom and it's just it cuts to a close up shot of Rami's dick, dick in this like tiger man thong, and Dave looks at him like this, like like what the fuck, man? But then he fall, he just goes, "Is, is that, that mine?" mine? <laughs> Rami's like, "Yeah, I borrowed it from you, dude." <laughs> and the entire time, Rami Rami's just trying to bang Samantha, the girl next door. Oh, Whitney Cummings oh, plays so the plays funny. the uh, the neighbor, and he's. <laughs> Like they and they keep making. Uh, there was the the one inter. There was actually there was like two or three interactions that were my favorite, and it was always between Pat Smear and and Rami. Yeah, they're great. Uh, they're like Pat's just naturally funny. Yep. Like he like. I don't think he intends to be. Either. I don't think, I think so. Like he's just I think naturally just like, funny. Just like every time he talks in real life, every time you hear like he's always smiling like yep. an idiot. Uh, and everything that he says just sounds sarcastic and and stupid. Like he's like he's never taking anything seriously. But I uh I loved <laughs> there was one scene. It's when you when you describe these scenes, they probably don't sound that funny. But in the moment, like the the part where Rami goes out and he's he comes across as and I don't know how much he he's like this in real life, but he's like soup like super hippie. He's all about uh. You know, like like your vibrations and he like loves centering sensory your deprivation, centering your chi, and he's he wears feathers in his in his hair, like in that bandana, and he's always like holding the feather up to stuff to like sense vibrations and stuff. It's so and him out. and it's so funny. Him and Samantha have this connection, and she says, "Oh, maybe you could come over for a sound bath." So he's like <laughs> trying to bang her the whole time, and at one point he goes out and. You've really, up to this point, you've really only seen Samantha once, but somehow within this time, him and Samantha have formed this alliance, and he he walks out, and he starts doing a bird call, like this really convincing bird call with his hands, and Pat Smear's like... <laughs> I have this in my notes. I literally, I like, literally cried at this point. <laughs> Pat Smear's like, that, that's you? I thought we had an infestation of yellow warbles. <laughs> yellow yellow warblers. And Rami's Rami's just like, you idiot, that's not a yellow warbler. It's the it's the wood thrush. <laughs> I was fucking crying at that part. I was laughing so hard. Oh my god. These guys, these guys are they're so they're so fucking funny. And I don't think they even realize how funny they are. Yeah. It it just it works. Those two together, you're right. They're they're a fucking duo. Yeah. They are absolutely fantastic. Nate is just awkward like Nate always is. Yeah. <laughs> uh Taylor is just Taylor. And Dave is just Dave. Like, Taylor, they, all, they all work so well off each other, but individually they're all just fucking hysterical in their own right. I did get sad while like Taylor's got a lot of Taylor's got funny lines and I and now that I know that he ad libbed pretty much all of his lines because he didn't care to read the script yeah. i think is even funnier I, I got sad a few times watching this because there were there's a few scenes where he's pretty clearly concerned about uh dave's mental well-being 
and he's always seeking Dave out. He's finding him in, in like when Dave's sitting in a room by himself, and Taylor always comes in like really soft spoken, like like hey, a man. like a best friend. Like yeah. hey hey bud, like I haven't seen you eat anything yet today. Like you want you want to get some steaks going on the grill? Like I'm just like man, it like. I'm I'm watching the movie and I'm like really happy. I'm enjoying it and it's funny. And then there was these moments between Dave and Taylor that kind of took me out of it and made me think like, man, in real life these guys are best friends and now this guy's lost his best well, friend. That's it's, that's that makes me so sad. That I was thinking that throughout the entire movie too. It's like the the rest of the band probably had a lot of press to do about this movie. Yeah, you know whether or not they've recorded a commentary track, they probably were going to if right. They, if they haven't already, mm-hmm. stuff like that could be put in the back burner now because they just don't want to do it. Well, yeah, I mean, how do you? I can't go back blame and them. Do that. That's the thing. Like you know, you're watching this, and I, I was watching when Taylor's when Taylor died. It was because he finally finished this drum track that needed to be finished to complete the song, the song that would doom all of mankind. Yeah. And Dave Grohl then takes a cymbal and like frisbees it into <laughs> Taylor's head and cuts the top half cuts of his... the top half of his head off. And the bottom half just like slinks down the yeah. floor. And I'm like, that's really funny. But the very last scene that Dave has with his best friend in that movie is killing his friend and flicking him off as he's dead. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, that can go one of two ways. Either Dave's going to look at that and just laugh hysterically every yeah. time, knowing, which is probably the, the right sure. thing. Yeah. But at the other time, though, if, if you could also, he could also look at that if he's in a completely depressed state. He could look at that and be like, "This is the last thing I did with him, and I'm flicking him off." Yeah, you know, like, well, but it's not the would, last thing he ever did with him. No, you know <laughs> they, that's a good they, point. They filmed the movie two years ago, but or to over wa- the last two years. But to watch years. that though back could be difficult to watch. Yeah, I'm though, sure. If if he's that, you know, yeah, yeah. crestfallen about the whole thing, which yeah, I'm sure he is. Um, um, but yeah, it's it's tough though. It's it's a weird thing to to watch this now. Like, oh, this guy's dead, and then to watch him die. It's like it, there's a weird just juxtaposition of yeah. life and fake life. That's even though it's 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 comedy and it's funny and everything else, it's hard to not view it with those glasses on. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I know it's, exactly. It's a little bit tough. Yeah, and I, if you're not like a if you're not a huge fan of the band, it you know to probably a totally different watching experience yeah on oh, every sure. on every level but there's there's that aspect of it that if you don't know who they are it's just a bad b movie right <laughs> honestly yeah yeah um i loved it though i i did too i really did like, i did too nothing like, about it was bad dude like i well in in and mm. to me to me like you say nothing about it was bad like there was there was plenty about it that was corny like plenty about it that there was bad acting and stuff like that but to me and to like people like us we've been in bands there's like uh you, you can see you can see the camaraderie on on screen like even if, like you just know that these guys were having the time of their life doing this you know uh-huh. it was it like there's there's a there's a bond that you form with dudes uh in a band when you spend hours hour upon hour upon hour stuck in a tiny little room together writing music or like stuck in a van together traveling across the country that's the kind of bond that not a lot of people understand so like so like people who watch this movie who don't really you know have never been in a band who don't really know anything about Foo Fighters who don't really know anything about uh you know about uh 
the kind of bond that you form with with f- not not just friends but it's like band members it's like a family it's a yeah. weird family familial bond yeah. yeah so i can see why i can see why this movie is for some people and not for other people uh to a certain degree yeah i don't know i just i don't know it's it's definitely made for the people who are fans of the band that first and foremost well, sure yeah so outside of that yeah and the thing is i'd like to think that most people are fans of the band I mean, who's not a fan of the Foo Fighters? If you tell me, if I start dating you, right, and you tell me I don't like the Foo Fighters, that's instant dismissal. Oh, because, yeah. Oh, you're gone. Because <laughs> you have shitty taste in life, apparently. <laughs> there's there's got to be at least something about that band that you like. You there was, I was reading some reviews earlier, and I was and I was just getting like annoyed because people... There's so many people who say, "Oh, this is a this is another shitty, just a total ego trip or a shitty band that, blah blah blah." blah. And Foo Fighters have ruined music because all they've done for the past twenty five years is write radio friendly rock. And I go, "Okay, but they don't. Though, that's a thing. But no. But even if they did, what's wrong with writing radio friendly rock? Nothing. Uh, that's." That's kind of what you should, like. You're I'm, writing, I'm all you're, for. You're writing moron friendly reviews. I'm all same I'm, difference. I'm all for like like crazy. Like I can sit down and listen to fucking I don't know Animal Collective or something well, like I that. I can't. I know you can't. I can't. I can sit down and listen to anything, and I'm all for the artistry. Like I'm all for writing something that's totally you know out there and 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 unique or whatever. But there's absolutely nothing wrong with writing no. the type of rock and roll that will make it onto the radio. No. And it's not like they set out to go, all right, let's write I, another fucking I hit like, single for the radio. It's just the fact that they're very good at what they do. I might not like the bands themselves, but like I can put on the radio and like most of the songs I hear on the radio. Sure. Right. Not my favorite, but I like them. Right. Who gives a shit? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just I pe- people like that kind of grind my gears a little all bit. Right. Favorite kill the movie it's gonna be the same as mine i already know it but favorite kill of the movie favorite kill of the movie um i'm trying to i'm trying to run through and think of how everybody died so shiflet was uh on the grill yep taylor got his head sliced open with a or sliced in half with a symbol correct um rami oh <laughs> yep okay there you go <laughs> yeah i think we've i think we've reached we've, we've hit it <laughs> Because Pat Pat's was Pat's was funny, but it was like you saw it come. That got run over. Yeah, you saw it come for like ten that minutes. That fucking head explosion though from Pat was good. getting run over was amazing. It was good. It was so really good. Fucking good. Oh dude. man, naked and stabbed in the eye gave me the heaps. <laughs> yep. Um. Oh, what did, so what did they get stabbed in the eye with? By the way, how far up did Pat put that fucking rod? Pat shoved that wire up, <laughs> and it came, and it what? came like what was it seven feet tall? The fucking rod. <laughs> It was a wire. It was a wire that he was shoving up and somehow Still, it like fished its way through the He was uh, trying to Jimmy he was trying to to spark Jimmy like a hot car. Wire the hot car. Wire, yeah. Not spark Jimmy. Spark hot. Jimmy. <laughs> We're calling it Spark Jimmy from now on. Yeah, he fucking sparked Jimmy <laughs> that car. <laughs> he was trying to hot wire the car. What the fuck was he doing? Where it comes all the way out of the fucking deck. <laughs> you went a little farther, buddy. <laughs> um, yeah, so running through all yeah, yeah, for sure. Rami's oh Rami's God. so Rami uh, Rami's finally betting Samantha. Rami finally uh achieves the coit with Samantha and they're <laughs> right in the middle of it. Dave's Some, under the bed. 
Some of the shit. Oh yeah, and they're listening to fucking. They're listening to. Uh, is it called Lumberjack? What's the name of that song? It's by Jackal, and the guy. I know it's a Jackal song, but have you ever seen them play that live? No, I know the guy plays a. a this chainsaw. asshole actually has a chainsaw yeah. attached to his guitar, and when it gets to the and and how's it going? Exactly how I just felt. Like that's how the song sounds. And uh, they're they're listening to that song as they're as they're having sex, and she's she's like, "Oh, this is the this is the part that I love," and like they're starting they're coming to the climax of both the song and and their and their union, and and right at that moment, Dave's laying under the bed with a chainsaw on like on his stomach, and he fucking and he. Puts the chain, puts the chainsaw up like right as she's right as she's getting off, and puts the chainsaw through her face. Not not, through, not from the top of the bed through her head. Straight through her straight face. up through her face, <laughs> and Rami's still on top of her, and and then he goes up through Rami and then saws both of them in half. Perfectly down the middle. It's awesome. Like a perfect split. Dude, it's was, amazing. Yeah, that's by far the best kill oh, yeah. in the entire oh, movie. Hands down. Hands I was down. not I wasn't expecting uh I don't know I don't know what I was expecting from this movie to be honest with you, but I wasn't expecting it to be as gory as it was. Oh, I was. Really? Yeah. Well, I had also heard a lot about it throughout the making of oh, it, so see, I kind of knew it. Yeah. I managed to I managed to kind of stay away from everything cuz I I didn't want to know much about it. Because yeah. I knew that I wanted to go into it pretty pretty fresh. Well, I knew from an interview with BJ McDonald, McDonald that I had read a long time ago that their aim was to make a splatter fest. Like, um, so I knew that going into cool. it. Um, I Here's one thing. If I have to put a negative on this movie, I will say this. It's about 20 minutes too long. They, um, they, the whole ending of this movie felt very tacked on. They should have gone from... The ending of Dave getting like the two guys like, of what was it Pat and uh, Pat and Nate helping Dave out of the house after he becomes after they, they kill the demon. They in the do pool. The, they pull the they pull the straight up uh, curse of La Llorona. Yeah, and yeah. turn the swimming pool into holy water. They did. They did. And uh, and vanquish the spirits. But it should have gone from that to like Dave Grohl touring by himself. But then how? You, well, sure. Like, how I, you, I get, I get that. I get what you're saying. How? How are you gonna? How do you kill off Nate and Pat sure. at that point? They could have just done it earlier, but I felt like the whole ending part was tacked on though with him and like the record exec coming to the house and all that. Like that all felt very tacked on. The record exec coming to yeah. the house. He comes to the house forever and he fights him and he kills him. Oh, oh, oh! The uh, like, yeah, we purposely um, sent you here because we uh, knew it was haunted. A shill. Yeah. Yeah. He was there. I I got the sense that he was the uh, no. Was sure. he the record exec? Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because he was. Yeah. Because he's the one in the beginning saying, "Where's my fucking record?" Yeah. yeah okay. All right. So it's like I that all that part just felt very tacked on. Like I was ready for the movie to be done. I'd had my fun. The roller coaster went up. It came down. But then it went up again, which it didn't need to. Yeah, you're right. Like that you know? whole that whole uh, that whole minutes that whole so. reveal where it turns out that Shill and Barb were part of the like the the cult. Didn't need to be where there. they say like, oh, the devil controls all of rock and roll. Like that yep. was all stupid. Yep. Uh, it was pretty obvious that Barb was like privy to the information the entire time. But uh, yeah, the whole 
the whole fight scene at the end and everything given seemed kind of stupid. Given that Taylor had already uh, been killed in the movie, they could have gone back to him like, well, I guess it's just us originals again. <laughs> like, they could have just played it off like that and it could have been kind of funny. Yeah. He's like, all right, nothing left to lose part two. Let's go. Like, <laughs> they could have done something like that, which could have been kind of funny. But like, I don't know. I just like that. I felt like the, the last 15 minutes of the movie, 20 minutes of the movie was just unnecessary. Yeah. They could have ended it early a bit earlier and it would have been perfectly fine yeah so, that being said that's I the didn't, only negative i could say about it yeah, yeah that being said i don't i don't uh i wasn't really like i, I didn't get i didn't get to the end of it and just go oh when is this gonna end like no. i i liked it right up no. until the last bit i agree i agree um i just i had so much fun with this movie yeah it was everything i wanted it and needed it to be this might be one of this is easily in my top five already of the year hands down yeah i like it yeah i liked absolutely it a lot loved it i liked it a lot um pretty much i mean like combining one of our favorite bands with horror splatter not to mention all of the references to movies that we love in yep. the genre like it's it was all good stuff um i'd like to hear i don't know i now that like i said i i had avoided most of the press behind this and most of the interviews going into it and stuff so i want to go back now and and pick up on all that stuff and just hear just hear like what the motivations were for wanting to make this and stuff because like i said everything i've read about everything i've read about the motivations behind making this movie is other people's ideas of why the band made this and a lot of people are like oh this was just a big ego stroke and i'm just like that's if you were gonna stroke your ego making a making a horror movie is not the way to do it no not at all because such a small section of the population cares that much about horror enough to go see a foo fighters horror movie i know like this was this to me seemed like a labor of love kind of thing i know that part of the idea stemmed from the fact that the house they actually recorded minutes to midnights in mm-hmm. or midnight minutes to midnight yeah uh the last record uh part of this is based on the fact that they thought that house was haunted and it was it kind of came from some experiences they had in the house and that's where the idea came from so dave so, wrote the backstory and so well at least there was a story behind it sure that that's where the the antithesis of it came from. Not, no, the, antithesis. not antithesis. the uh, what's the word for? The 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 idea. Yeah, yes, <laughs> the idea, for lack of a better word. Um, but yeah, that's that's where it came from, though. Yeah. Was, was from that. So right. it was based on something like that. Sure, yeah. Um, like I said, I I look I very much look forward to a commentary track on this record, especially if it's them now. If they haven't done it already, them doing it with the hindsight of Taylor passing away, hmm. I feel like that could be a very special watch through with the band. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that if it ever happens. Um, I'm also looking forward to it with him on it. If they did one already with all of them present before. Yeah. Taylor I actually, passed. I actually hope that they did one, did one when that, well, he was still alive. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to hear him talk about his, you know, they'd be two very different his experience, very different commentaries. Oh yeah. So I I look forward to seeing one or the other. Yeah. Um. But uh. But yeah, I love this movie. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, I liked it a lot too. It was so. just a ton of fun. Like, plus that JC song at the beginning. Dude, Forget so, about it. So good. Like John John Carpenter coming in and doing doing even, the song. We didn't even talk about John. Carpenter. We didn't talk yeah. about John Carpenter. He he shows up as the engineer in the movie. I mean, producing the yeah. crazy 
death metal version of the Foo Fighters. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, it was it was awesome. It was just such a fun movie. The music was his great. His theme's amazing for this. His too. theme is awesome. It's fantastic. The rest of the music in the movie. Check out check out the actual. I didn't even know that this was a real thing until before the show. Mike told me that Dream Widow. I don't know how you didn't know that. Because because I like I said I literally avoided pretty much everything about this movie until I watched it last night. Sure. I really didn't know anything about it. Um, and I like it that way. I'm glad that I didn't really know much about it. I I watched a teaser trailer like three months ago, and that was about it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, The man. fact that Dream Widow put a record out. Like yeah. Dave Roll actually wrote and recorded a Dream Widow record that, by all accounts from different music publications and stuff... Of course, it, because it's Dave Grohl, I, I told you this when we started, Dave Grohl has cracked the code of writing good music. You just fucking have fun with it. Mm-hmm. If you love it through and through and you're just having fun, you never put anything bad out. Oh, but, da- it, but it's all radio friendly and stroking his ego. and blah, 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 blah. But from all, from all accounts, though, Dave Grohl just put out, as a joke record, one of the best metal records of the past <laughs> 10 years. What does that tell you? Yeah. <laughs> and it is too. It's so good. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. a mix of everything. Mm-hmm. If you love metal, it's got like, how do I describe it to you? It's, it's got a, like, it's got like doom metal, like ghost. It's uh, like ghost behemoth slayer, slayer, and um, a little bit of God smack all mixed <laughs> into one. Like it, there's you, something for you everyone. Gotta, you got to get the butt in there. You got to make sure <laughs> you get the butt rock in there. There's a little something bit. for everybody. And it's, it's, it's a treat of a record. It's so good. Oh, a treat. You know, when Mike says something is a treat, it it's means so it's good. a treat. That being said, it's such uh, a creepy thing to say. We are approaching the two hour <laughs> mark for one movie. So we should probably uh, call this in. Yes, we should. Um, so, we will not be around next week again. No, sorry. We're going to we're going to Nashville. Nashville. Nasty Nashville. Oh yeah. And we're gonna we're gonna. Um, I lost my train of thought. Doesn't matter. Um, we're gonna do Nash things. We're gonna do yeah. We're gonna get Nashy. Nashy. You guys are going to see uh, John Mayer. Oh, you know I'm getting nasty with John Mayer. <laughs> I'm gonna get Nash Nashty. Nashty. Doing something. You guys gonna, I'm not sure what, but we're going to do something. You guys going to go meet Jack Daniels? Well, Maybe. Or? Nah, that's too far away. Yeah. We decided that's not going to happen. Well, actually, me and Brian decided that's not going to happen. That's fair. You were all like, let's go, guys. Let's let's waste five hours of our day to go see fucking it Jack Daniels. It sounded like a good idea at the and time. And we're like, bro, you know that that's you know. like a whole day, right? I'm going to go at Hattie B's without you guys. That's all I'm going to do. I'm going to eat. I'm going to I'm I'm. I'm going to eat so much food. When I'm there, I'm gonna be at a different restaurant every hour on the hour. Fair, I'll be a with different you. bar. I'll be with you. I'm gonna just be. Oh, and we're meeting up with Adam McMillian while we're down there. Of search the city, fam. He's gonna fucking show us the ropes, the fire, dude. Fireflight, fam. <laughs> right. The fallaway. The fallaway. <laughs> He's gonna show us. You know, he learned how to play drums from the drummer from Sponge. Oh, really? Yeah. No fun, shit. Fun fact. I did not know that. Didn't, oh, actually, didn't somebody from Sponge pass away recently? Uh, yes, the guitar player, I believe. Well, we missed that in our deaths, dude. No, I think we talked about it. R.I.P. Um, yeah, we're going to meet up with uh, Adam while we're down there. I'm very excited to see. I haven't seen him in years, so it's, uh, I'm, I'm excited to see him hang out for a while. I'm just excited to f- just do something for a bit. 
you know? I agree. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a really fun trip. So we will be off next week, and then when we come back, we'll just we we're gonna we're gonna come out of the gates just fucking just going That's it. for movies it. about gates. Just movies of oh. The gate. We've done the gate, James. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Is there a movie about sinister gates from uh, that band? Maybe. Avenged Sevenfold. Maybe. Is there a movie about him? We'll figure it out. Speaking of a band who should have done a movie. Avenged? Avenged Sevenfold. Don't they seem like the type of band that would have done a movie? Yeah, they would have done a shitty movie, though. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Would have been awesome. That's fair. (laughs) All right. Anyway, uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks. If you want to find us before the next couple weeks come around, you Very can find good. us on uh, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and SoundCloud at the Buzz Kill Podcast. Uh, we're also on Twitter at the Buzz Kill PC. Uh, all major streaming sites. You've heard the spiel, yada yada yada. Just tell somebody already. I know you haven't. If you're listening <laughs> this far. I know you haven't told anybody. I know you haven't. If anything, <laughs> you said that really weird. If anything, you've told people not to listen to us. Yeah, which is so go fuck yourself. Sort of a dick move, right? to be honest with yeah. you. Especially since we have families to feed, yeah. and we, you know, this show is our bread and butter. Yeah, we make all of our money. James and I make two dollars a month off this show. We make all of our money off of our our Audible link. That we haven't promoted in three years. <laughs> if you want to find our Audible link, you can go to audibletrials.blablabla. Yeah, I don't even know what it is anymore. Yeah, who so, gives a shit? Whatever. All right. Um, listen to our We're show. Tell your grandma about us uh, because she will love it. And uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks when we get back from Nashville. Sounds good. All right. Uh, to that end, uh, rest in peace, Taylor Hawkins. Rest in peace, Taylor Hawkins. Yeah, uh, he will always be missed. Yep. Cheers, bud. Cheers. Have a good night. Yeah.